Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazum. And today is our finale episode. Yay. Woo! <laughs> did the thing. We, we read the story. It. We talked about it. We did. As long as we can get through today. Well, <laughs> well I guess we did talk about the story. Yeah. <laughs> that part's done. <laughs> yeah. We typed we talked a lot of it. notes. Yeah. Yes, you did. You typed a lot of notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I typed notes. Not as many, though. <laughs> I liked reading your notes, though. Did you? Maybe because mm-hmm. you liked reading all my like scream emojis. <laughs> There's at least one emoji in every set of notes, I think. <laughs> Guys, I moved into my new house. Can you tell the difference yeah. in the sound? Maybe you can't. Uh, I don't hear you echoing very much like That's you were good. the past couple days. There's like a lot of curtains and a rug, <laughs> yeah. so I've deadened the sound. It's pretty great. <laughs> I know you mean the rug is on the ground, but I imagine that it was also just thrown up against the wall. <laughs> you don't know that. You haven't seen it. Curtains and a couple of rugs just <laughs> draped across the floor and wall. There's something kind of fun about the echoiness of a house you're moving into mm-hmm. or out of, though. Empty house. Yeah. Well, I was just happy mm-hmm. that it was empty and that we were moving into our new house because the new house is really yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's well, enough about my life. Should we talk about yeah. FMA? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Burb. Yeah. <laughs> Bowie's here too, as usual. Yep. Our fourth host. color commentary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll be, you know, discussing series in general and, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, answering your questions. Thank you for sending questions. Yeah. Yes, thank you for sending questions. I liked almost all of them. Did you like the ones that you sent? <laughs> I did. Like, I hated those ones. <laughs> <laughs> I got a... So first of all, we were recording the other day and Cosm was like trying to, he like tested the form and was like, oh, it's not, it's not working or something. There was some problem with the link. So I fixed it while we were on our call. And I was thinking about it later and I was like, why was he even looking at the site? Why would this even be something that he would think about? And then like two days later, <laughs> I got a, yeah, two days later, I got an email from our website that was like, hey, it was like name active listener 103 <laughs> or something. But then with Cosm's email, I was like, did you send questions for the finale? <laughs> I so, did. Thanks. Thank you for sending questions. <laughs> They're good questions. I'm Thank happy you. to answer them. But anyway, I just thought it was really funny. It's like, are you trying to be subtle or what? Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure what the format was um, of how you would receive them. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't yeah, I sure. Like, based how, on the fact yeah. that you put your real email. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I could have made up an email or something, but like, ah, that was just too much work. You should have an email that's like, notcosm at gmail.com. <laughs> I would really have enjoyed that, but I was I was still amused nonetheless. So anyway, so we have Cosm's questions to answer too. <laughs> so I think, first things first, Ellen. Uh-huh. How did you like Full Metal Alchemist? <gasps> oh, it was amazing. Mm. It was so... When we in the, I think I mentioned this a couple times in a couple of the episodes, but I was just really happy while we were reading it. I would, I was really excited every week, and I like there was a couple times I had to read ahead or whatever, like when we guest were guests mm-hmm. on that other podcast or whatever. But I tried to kind of like keep it to what we were reading week by week, so that I would have like a raw reaction every time. <laughs> and sometimes it was really hard because the story's really good, but I was always really excited every week. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, good. Now it's time for me to prep for the podcast. And every time we talked about it, I was always excited. And I think the series overall was really great. And it didn't, 
go the way that I thought that it was going to go. <laughs> like, like everything at the end was like what I kind of expected to happen. Like, I figured they were going to, you know, like everybody would be okay in the end, so except for all the people who died. <laughs> and I did know before we started reading that Hughes was going to die. So I knew that that was up on the table for the series. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, but yeah, I assumed like Ed and I will get their bodies back. And I assumed that everything was going to be like generally okay at the end. So... Mm-hmm. In that sense, that's like I kind of that expectation was met, but like the way the things that happened in the series were like, it just like it became a much more involved, like a deeper story than I thought. It wasn't just about Ed and Elle traveling around helping people, like you know, finding their way and getting their bodies back. It was like that was like tangential to everything else that happened in the story in the end, which was very mm. interesting. So I loved it. The answer is I loved it, and it's great. <laughs> what a great story! I'm really glad we read it. And it was fun to discuss together. So I, I realized something as you were saying that. The that you love was it too? <laughs> well, I do. But the ending was surprisingly like everything turned out all right with how like all the awful things we've seen yeah. throughout the series. It's kind of interesting that the, the ending had such a positive outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I, I, I mean, there's definitely things that happened, but they were kind of glossed over, right? Like the whole coup. There are people that died. Oh yeah, tons shot. of people died. Yeah. But, like, that but just we didn't care over. about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. oh. It's something I really like about the series. I'm sure we'll talk about this more later, but it's like like it covers some deep shit and horrible things mm-hmm. happen, but uh-huh. it, it really is a very positive and like in the end pretty uplifting story. Mm-hmm. That's part of the whole message of the story too. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of fits into the whole theme where you like you can't well it's like the last you know, part of the last chapter was the like narration that's like a a mess a, a lesson learned without pain isn't you know like a good lesson or whatever I forget exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind painless of like lesson has no meaning. Yeah, painless <laughs> is that really what it said? Probably. That's what one of the translations said. I'm not sure if it's this one, but yeah, it it's something like that where it's like mm-hmm. in you know it's basically like a fancy way of saying no pain no gain, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in the end, like that's how the story ends up. There's a lot of really deep things that are discussed through the story but then in the end everything is okay and like people give up things like ed gave up his ability to do alchemy but like he's satisfied with the outcome of everything that happened even though he had to give up something Mm -hmm. so there's this kind of like overall message of like kind of there there's a a light at the end of the the tunnel and sometimes you have to give things up to get something better and whatever so it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. And the series was a lot darker than I remember. Like, like I said, again, I knew that there was going to be people who died because we have that at the very beginning. And it's obvious that there's like something dark in the story, even at the beginning. As you, I was listening to our first episode today and you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, the series opens with child dismemberment, which is true. <laughs> like, you know, there's going to be bad things that happen, but like the outcome at the end of all of that is a net positive I think, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite series, and I really enjoyed uh, hearing your reactions every week. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. enjoy like reactions to things I love. Like a lot of times, that's <laughs> why like I'll watch like you know like watching whatever for the first time kind of videos and stuff online. <laughs> Do you get mad when people are like, "I hate this thing," <laughs> out of curiosity, <laughs> or are you just like, um, "That's your opinion"? 
<laughs> Mostly I'm like, whatever, people can be wrong. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I do get annoyed when people are like mad at a thing for like the wrong reasons. Like yeah. they're like mm-hmm. objectively wrong about the thing they're criticizing. I'm like, yeah. have you ever seen that for FMA? Um, sometimes. Like, but, like one thing that cuts up a lot is like when I watch like, I watch like Let's Play sometimes, the video mm-hmm. games, and people like get mad and say the game is like badly designed or whatever and I'm like you didn't read the thing the person <laughs> said two minutes ago that told you how to do this <laughs> it's not badly designed because you button mash through the dialogue that explains the story and it tells you what to do <laughs> they're like this isn't important it's like oh my love I've left you 20 letters in the house that you have to find yeah <laughs> find them and bring me back and they're like how the fuck do I move forward in this game and it's like <laughs> did you even read yeah that's funny but yeah I don't know. Yeah, but like those kind of things where I'm like, no, you're just objectively wrong about the thing you're criticizing. <laughs> it's like at least criticize it for something that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. I bet there's a lot of people that have a critical opinion of FMA. I think like there, I can't imagine that there's there's not criticism for like, like we, we've joked about it before, but a lot of the characters are like war criminals and yep. you could mm-hmm. argue a lot about, you could argue a lot about the way that like, war and like military duty and service is portrayed in fma mm-hmm. i bet you there's a lot of mm-hmm. of of debate about that mm-hmm. yeah i feel like especially like recently there's been a lot of like flattening of nuance in like mm-hmm. literary analysis where it's like mm-hmm. like there's people talking about like like oh this is like series is like whatever apologist because the villain has some sympathetic moments and i'm like no it's because it's writing a complex character Mm -hmm. i think we in one episode of this series i think we had a discussion about kind of like cancel culture and kind of that Mm -hmm. um yeah like just looking at things without with yeah without like and like things things that you don't agree with are therefore wrong like because you don't like it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, just to say there couldn't be like legit uh, you know, criticism or angles to take on for, sure. for this series. It's just like, I feel like there's been a lot of, I've seen a lot of that lately. Not just, not with Lamalchemist necessarily, but with a lot of other series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't like Roy because he killed a bunch of people. And it's like, well, I could. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, for example, yeah. I could see someone saying that, especially yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, actually, I can. Because, you know, it's a fictional story, a fictional character. <laughs> Plus, like, sometimes people who are good do things that are not good. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can forget them, sometimes you can't. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You no? Know? There are complexities in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that kind of flattening is sort of, like, it doesn't do any service to, like, real world, like, people either. No. Like, because, like... No. Mm-hmm expecting like people who do horrible things to be horrible people 100 percent of the time it's like that's just not how people work like Mm -hmm. yeah or thinking that people that you disagree with are horrible all the time for example or whatever yeah Yeah. it's like the you know the the serial killer who loves his dog is still a serial killer you're allowed to (laughs) admit that he loves his dog dog. like (laughs) yeah and but then also like having him having a dog doesn't necessarily completely redeem him yeah Yeah. (laughs) But you may have theoretically have mixed feelings about it mm-hmm. <laughs> about him yeah do you have any criticisms of the story you've probably thought about this for a much longer than me specifically well I, i'd like to ask kayla and Cosm, but yeah mm-hmm. do you guys have any things that you really 
disagree with or or are um, things that you are, are critical of? For me, I don't think there's anything major. I think there are a few parts where I think, you know, um, the presentation could have been a bit different. I mean, I think we talked about, again, like the reveal with Selim. Um, that could have been done a bit better. And, you know, a few things here or there. But I think overall, like, it's a compelling story. It's definitely not just black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, it explores a lot of complex themes. And I think especially very mature themes for uh, its target audience. Mm. Which um, I think it, when I was that target audience, I really appreciated it and, and I loved it for that. Mm. Um so yeah, overall, I think you know, just I, I think part of it is that if if like if Arakawa went all out and like, cause like oh, I was thinking today, what I would love is like an expanded Ishfall, right? Seeing like a little bit more of that, and, mm. and um, maybe like uh, uh, seeing Rory's journey coming out of that a little bit more as a progression than as a sort of a what. Seem more like just like a, a switch flick, flicking at some point, you know. Um, and I think it, it was just, you know, you you don't want to spend too much time on that because you've got, I guess, a, a bigger story that you want to tell and all that. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that portion is also told from Risa's perspective. So like, mm-hmm. I guess you can't mm-hmm. really like, like it is kind of like a jump cut from like back then to now. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you can't. It'd be interesting to have to see more mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it'd, it'd be cool to see like a side story like for that like i think the uh i think it would ruin the pacing if you spend too much longer in there in that yeah. flashback yeah. but yeah i would enjoy like a side story like that um yeah i really don't have any like <laughs> major <laughs> criticism it's like there's things that like like i could see other people having different preferences for mm-hmm. like how the story mm-hmm. turned out but like yeah. it really aligns with my preferences like really well mm-hmm. so that's a good way to describe that. Yeah. yeah. It's aligns with your preferences. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say, like, the only thing I'd be, like, slightly on is maybe, like, the portrayal of Garfield. Yeah. But, like, even that is, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, it's kind of a cultural difference thing. Like, there's different attitudes mm-hmm. in, like, yeah. Japanese media. And it's also, like, A, way milder than a lot of stuff from mm-hmm. contemporary stories and like most of the worst stuff is in side stories and gag comics rather than like the story itself because like mm-hmm. like I talked about the time where I have kind of like mixed feelings even in the story itself because it's like yeah it's kind of an unfortunate stereotype but at the same time he's presented as like you know like a respected automail mechanic and mm-hmm. Winry's mm-hmm. beloved mentor and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah nobody in universe has a problem with him like mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is why I think like I definitely agree with you and mm-hmm. I can see that being I could see that type of portrayal being heavily criticized. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like it's it's the gags toward the audience that are the problem, not the way mm-hmm. he's treated in universe that's the problem. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other characters, like nobody, I mean, like I guess they tease him or whatever, but like they, like, yeah, he's a, you know, respected mechanic who, um, what's his name? I can never remember. Dominic. Yeah, Dom. (laughs) Sent sent Winry to him specifically. So, like, Mm -hmm. he's recognized by others, and his, like, identity isn't necessarily, like, part of his reputation or whatever. So it, Mm -hmm. like, never really comes up. It's just, like, there in the background, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I agree with you on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more something that you're kind of like, mm, <laughs> as you're reading it, rather than, like, being, like, outwardly, like, this is bad and offensive. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's also definitely our 2021 reading yeah. of it, too. I think in 2012, mm-hmm. it would have been like, that's hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. it's like when I watched, like, Friends like even... regret all the gay jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> deeply. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like social social values change really fast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's like even like, even like modern anime like has that mm-hmm. kind of like stereotypical oh, yeah. character show up mm-hmm. fairly often. So, mm-hmm. we kind of well, last kind episode. Of <laughs> yeah. Well, last episode we were kind of we went into this discussion <laughs> that wasn't necessarily about FMA, but because we were talking about different media. I don't know if you guys remember, but. Um, yeah, I was just saying, like, I don't really like anime because of that kind of thing, mm. specifically. Um, just, like, as a broad sweeping generalization. Obviously, not all anime is, is like that, but those kind of stereotypes find their way into anime a lot. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, like, not just specifically the kind of person that Garfield is, but, like, women are portrayed in a sp- specific way often. Yep. And, like, it just as two examples. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. But I don't, I also don't have any like strong criticisms. And I was thinking today before we were recording, because I was reflecting back on the series and how much I appreciate all the different like female characters in FMA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's even like the direct storyline that's touched on with Winry. And we talked about how um, when she delivered the baby and stuff. And we were complaining heavily during that episode about the way that mm-hmm. it was portrayed in the anime where like Ed delivered the baby. And we were like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Why would you take that away from Winry? Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, like all of the, there are a lot of really interesting female characters. Like there's never really like, you know, anyone off to the side or whatever. And mm-hmm. in fact, you have a lot of like very strong, like female leads and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about this series. It's just it's like, great how many prominent female characters there are and how different they are. Like they all have mm-hmm. different personalities yeah. and roles and interests and stuff. I feel like you have a lot of problems in like, especially like action series and not just in anime in Western yeah. media very much as well, um, yeah. where it's like, 100%. you have all these different male characters who are all like complex and interesting and stuff. And then you have the girl. Yep. yep. It's like they, their role is to be the girl and that's yes. all they get to be. But it's like, yeah. you know, you have, you have Winry and Panako and Riza and Olivier and Azumi and Gracie Hughes and May yeah, and, and, Vaughn and Panina. And it's like, right. these are all like very different from each other. Cheska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica saved the day multiple yeah. times. She's not even in my list of characters. I totally forgot about it. <laughs> there's so many characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many great, um, and even like role models, like parental kind of figures and leaders, I think mm-hmm. just in general, not just women, but like mm-hmm. people like Olivier, obviously, and like, um, like Sig and Izumi are mm-hmm, great mm-hmm. parental figures mm-hmm. um even like original greed was yeah. a great leader i think in some ways yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and he was like you know in in the displaying loyalty and stuff like that um favorite characters everyone <laughs> <laughs> mm. so hard because they I all know. have like it's like i love izumi from izumi's arc and mm-hmm. i did really like dr Knox. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were we were all like, oh, it's everyone's favorite grumpy doctor, and it's like he is my favorite grumpy doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the story is so sad, it's so heartbreaking and yeah. so great. He has like he's in like three chapters, mm-hmm. maybe five. I can't even mm-hmm. think. But it's like even in that time, he, even he gets his short little arc. Like mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's so nice when, when the, the family comes back. Yeah, I just read those pages. I'm like, I'm like, when this character is introduced, I didn't think I'd be weeping openly like, over why him. Why am I crying? <laughs> <laughs> That's because he was sad. just. I know it's very sad. It's because he was just a sassy doctor when Roy faked uh, Maria. Oh my god, I didn't even write Maria Ross and Eddie uh, Brosh oh, yeah, in here. Another one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. But like, yeah, when Roy faked Maria Ross's death, he was just a sassy doctor who was like, "I covered for your ass." And you're like, yeah. "Okay, whatever, hard ass doctor." I see. And then, yeah, it's like he's completely different at the end, or like completely. Yeah, I don't know. He has such a crazy arc in like a very short period of time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. just, like, so much more depth to that character than you think when he first shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lanfon's yeah. one of my favorite characters, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at my list. Yeah. I mean, she cut off her fucking arm. I'm such a badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a question I have such a hard time with, because I have, like, ones that I, like, instinctively think of. I'm like, oh, Winry's my favorite. And then I'm like, I'm like, but Olivia's well, really cool. And I'm like, oh, but Ed is such mm-hmm. a good protagonist. And I'm like, oh, Al is so great. And like, you just start thinking of, like, all the characters. You're like, man. It's kind of funny. because like, like they would all be my favorite character if they were, like, pulled out yeah. of the series and put in a different series, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> like, so many of them. And it's, I like Ed now, but they're not my favorites, I gotta say. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. out of all the characters, even though they're, and they're great. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely not the ones that jump to mind for me, even yeah. though they're mm-hmm. protagonists. And I feel like that also says something about the quality of all the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. they're all, like, really well defined in their own right, you know? Yeah. It's like, I always think of, like, other characters first. But then, like, when I think about Ed now, I'm like, man, they're I so really great, love though. them a lot. They're such good, love they're Ed. Such good protagonists. Like. And they're, like, yeah, they're, like, really, they have such, like, good values, mm-hmm. I feel like. And they're not even though they're like working toward a personal goal they're not like in this fight for themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're always trying like they always recognize the like the way that other people care about them and stuff or at least like that's part of their growth in the story Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah Yeah, i just love how like like their innocence and their maturity like both like play into the Mm -hmm. story and like how they're Mm -hmm. they're similar to each other but like very different in other ways where it's like (laughs) It's like when they like react to things like at the same time. You're like, yeah, that is exactly how Ed now would react to things. <laughs> Especially when Hohenheim joined mm-hmm. the story, mm-hmm. where Al's like, I just want to talk to him, and Ed's like, fuck that guy. And then yeah. Al, the whole rest of the story, he's like, fuck you, Dad. And then like, mm-hmm. Al's like, I have a question. Yeah. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. Hohenheim's another great character. Hohenheim is great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I just love the turn. I love how you think he's sketchy, and then like we're led to believe he's sketchy, and then I feel like. Yeah, it's just, it's like mm-hmm. he can't be that bad, and it's really great, right? Like, yeah. it's so good. It's like everything, like, the way he's, like, drawn, even, like, when he first shows up, and, like, mm-hmm. how yeah, ominous scary everything looking. is around him. It's like, he's so sketchy and weird, <laughs> and, like, the fact that you can't see his picture in the photograph for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he's sobbing <laughs> in the photograph. He's crying, it's so he great. His family so much. So, he was so happy <laughs> that he was sobbing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I really like Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... <laughs> I <laughs> I I don't I, I it's like I, I can't really see these character fi- list you wrote him as fucking fucking Kimberly. Kimberly. <laughs> yes <laughs> he can only be referred to in that way yeah. and he's so weird and that's yeah, what I like about him he's so fascinating just his like uh-huh. the way he sees the world <laughs> so very and a very um flat character but one who kind of creates a lot of chaos because he has this like opposite mm-hmm. view of the world that other people don't have yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like he doesn't he doesn't really change, he doesn't change. But it's because he like he has a 
he has a point of view, he has a set of standards, and he's sticking mm-hmm. to them, like, mm-hmm. like from day one, even he, in he knows death, what he's about. Even as a yeah. soul, mm-hmm. in the screaming soul void, he was mm-hmm. still exactly <laughs> the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's kind of, like, what makes him great. And it's kind of funny, because it's not like he never, like, his his goal and perspective doesn't really change, but, like, he does react to other people, so mm-hmm. sometimes people will be like, I think this thing, and he's like, interesting, and it's, mm-hmm. like, something kind of changes it's like so you can still see him it's not like he just it's like he respects like other people's like yeah. mm-hmm. points of view even if he's not going to change his own mm-hmm. yeah. it's like hmm, interesting point <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just thinking like it's not like early scar where early scar just kind of like disregarded everything that wasn't mm-hmm. part of his plan or his like i don't know that he kind of like disagreed with like he was very singularly focused which is kind of similar to kimberly but with scar his singular focus, you know, disappeared and evolved over time. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess, but still not the same. Like, yeah, yeah, because like scars is like out of like, like almost desperation that he was yeah. clinging to that like singular focus. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't something he had like, like it seems like Kimberly has like spent his like early life like if developing this point of view yes. and like considering <laughs> it very carefully and being like, yes, this is how I see the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He was like, oh, I know I'm crazy. Like, remember that yeah. one time? I can't oh, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like, like, you how... can easily fake the psych eval if you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and know I was like, how crazy. did you pass the psych evaluation? And he was like, oh, just pretend to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right about Scar having to sort of, he, he adopted that point of view after a traumatic incident very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not really the same. I mean, I think also Kimberly was always kind of open, right? He was like, because I, mm-hmm. I never think, don't think he ever like was like, you're wrong. I think he was like, well, let's see. Let's mm-hmm. prove yeah, your point. Yeah, because he's very about the like, like the conflict between two points of view and let's see which one mm-hmm. wins kind of thing. Yeah. So I think he was always open to like, all right, I'll accept it if you prove it to me sort of thing rather than mm-hmm. like. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> who can prove that wrong? Because it's like so <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can't remember exactly the context, but I remember seeing a Reddit post that was, like, uh, trying to... It was some kind of argument about proving something. And then the ultimate comment was, like, you fucked a chicken, prove me wrong. And it's, like, (laughs) you know, it's, like, there's no way to prove someone that that didn't happen, right? Because it never (laughs) happened. So I feel like that's, like, that's, like, yeah, anyway. (laughs) just Mm -hmm. reminded me of (laughs) Like, Kimberly's, like, all right, we'll see. And it's, Mm -hmm. like... No, we won't. We'll never see. Like, there's no, you know, ultimately he died and that was his, like, yeah, (laughs) that was the end of the argument, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it was his whole, his whole outlook on life was based on this conflict. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed Kimberly. Do you have any other favorites? Oh, Gossam loves Greed and Ling. I do. (laughs) Hohenheim too is up there. Yeah, you said that last time. You said Hohenheim was your favorite more than Greedling. I think so. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, we appreciate him now because we're like older and wiser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're, we're definitely older. <laughs> <laughs> I added and wiser like hesitantly though. We're definitely older. Yeah, that's for sure. I do think his um, his arc rings more. You know, definitely like resonates more as a, when you're a little older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're closer to his, not his real age, but like his, um, <laughs> his visible, when you're closer to his visible age than uh, his kid's age. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> is visible age. <laughs> 3,000 years saying, old. <laughs> was he 3,000? Is that I what happened? No I just made I forget. <laughs> he was at least like a couple hundred, yeah, I thought. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. hundreds of years old. I think yeah. he's over a thousand, but I can't. Because they said Amestris was 200 or 300 years old or something like that. I think 300, like about, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So he's at least 300 years old, mm-hmm. if not more. I forget. There was like that whole... Uh, the whole segment with all the history where they were like and then there was this conflict and this one and this yeah. one mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it probably says like how long ago right? that xerxes was supposed to have disappeared but i can't remember yeah but yeah definitely several hundred years old <laughs> yes so. it kind of makes sense why he, why he like when he had just his one life you left he staggered to the graveyard that was all that he could do you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm not surprised Oh, I love Olivia Armstrong. Do we talk about her yet? <laughs> She's great. I was just about I to say, I was like, her. I have, I tend to say, like, Winry is my favorite, and that's more out of, like, sort of attachment from, like, the early days of mm-hmm. FMA mm-hmm. fandom, when, you, when she when was, like, closer... hated on a lot. Ah, well, so you're um, closer to her age, right? Yeah, when, like... I started, when I started reading <laughs> yeah. the series, I was closer to Winry's age, so... <laughs> I definitely would have definitely would have identified but, with Winry as a teenager. For yeah, sure. I still love her a lot. Like she's her. definitely one of my top favorites. But I think if I were going to choose one favorite, it might be Olivia Armstrong. <laughs> wow, <laughs> but it's really one. hard. Like there's so many good it's characters. Hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, like Olivier scares me, but I feel like I could learn a lot from her. And like <laughs> I want Izumi to be my mentor. And like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't know. They're all great characters for different reasons. <laughs> How about Envy? We all love Envy, right? <laughs> I was actually about to bring Envy up. Yeah. <laughs> Envy's such a little shit. Yeah. You kind of have to love them, though. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they exist in the story much the same as I love the way that Kimberly exists in the story. Like, mm-hmm. they are what they are, right? Yeah. yeah. They're trying to disturb the peace everywhere and mm-hmm. enjoying it, you know? Yeah, I remember, like, impressed isn't the right word, but, like, when <laughs> Envy reveals, like that they essentially started the war mm-hmm. like it's just like you're just like good lord envy like it's just, yeah <laughs> yeah it's yep. like because they're mo- they must have been just kind of annoying up until that point yeah they the seem story. kind like, of <laughs> yeah 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 seem kind of ineffectual in the story mm-hmm. for sure especially when you're following up with uh, following after like lust lust mm-hmm. seems to really like have her shit together yeah. yeah. Like, she doesn't survive that long in the story, but mm-hmm. she seemed to kind of, for a while, she seemed to kind of be, like, the leader, you know? Yeah. We talked about how she seemed to be, like, respected amongst the homunculi and stuff, and she mm-hmm. was there in, in Lior, kind of stirring shit up there. Yeah. It's kind of shocking how early Lust really dies in the grand scheme of things. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, especially because when I was reading it, like, that was new stuff that was about, mm. that was close to when I started reading month by month. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that seemed like, it's like, oh, that's new, brand new stuff happening. So <laughs> it seems like it was later in the story, but it's really pretty early. It's like mm-hmm. at least a quarter, to, between a quarter and halfway in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, she's dead mm-hmm. before the halfway point. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gluttony, well, I guess Greed died after that. I guess Greed technically, te- I think Greed technically died first, but he came oh, back, yeah. so. I guess Lust was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but, but yeah. even like, even when Greed died, it didn't feel like a permanent death because no, like, he it was something back. father did because he like 
you know, he was punished. Put him in, put him in the wine glass to, to like reabsorb <laughs> his <laughs> philosopher's stone or whatever. Yeah, so. Lust was completely gone. Yeah, like, Lust was yeah. obliterated by like the enemy forces. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Lust was definitely the first one who was completely removed, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Gluttony and, and and Greed come back. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't remember who. How did they kill Gluttony in the end? Did they just cut him up over and over again? Uh, yeah. Pride, uh, Pride ate Gluttony. Oh right! <laughs> no, 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 no! Wait, the first time before Father resurrected, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time just like yeah, yeah, yeah just, just like his scar. yeah, his like lives just was, yeah. like ran out or were close they to running out and wore him down. And Father like took died. the remains back into yeah, he regooped him. him. Yeah, <laughs> there was mostly scar and May though, right? Because they had the alchemy sealed off. Wasn't that at the same time? Yeah, I think it was in the aftermath of that fight underground mm. that gluttony was almost dead and father was like i will rebuild you child <laughs> he's like i'm dying i'm scared and father was like no worries bro and reabsorbed him or whatever and then he had the little baby bud yeah gluttony which yeah. was gross <laughs> in the, was... like the next chapter or the end mm-hmm. of the chapter mm-hmm. and then sloth finally died his his well-deserved rest <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah let's see it was Let's see, so it was Lust first. Then Greed won. Yeah. Then Glut- Gluttony won. Well, greed won was first. I was thinking of, like, permanent oh. deaths. Um, yeah, Lust, yeah. then Sloth. Then, uh, no, I think, uh, I think, I think it was Gluttony. Gluttony? Gluttony. Then Sloth. And then, Sloth. Envy, and then right? Envy, and then oh. Sloth. Mm-hmm. That's right, because Sloth then... was there when they started this situation. Because mm-hmm. Sloth mm-hmm. was there with, creeping behind Olivier in the yeah. <laughs> control room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Wrath. And then greed, and then pride was the pride. only survivor. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. that's right. I forgot pride technically survived. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. as little Salem Bradley, mm-hmm. who's the first and last homunculus. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he like has one soul now. I don't know. It's not yeah. not clear. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think so. Because because Ed Punch pulled him out of his own soul void. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> The power of Ed's fists at the end of the story. <laughs> he really did a lot with them. He crushed. <laughs> he crushed uh, like Pride's soul void, and then and pulled pulled little Salem Bradley out of it, mm-hmm. and then uh, he just like Punched beat the shit, shit out, out of out Father. father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just really love that. That's the end. Like, mm-hmm. like what it comes down to at the end is just like kicking the shit out of somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, they also did a bunch of stuff. Like they fired, yeah. they shot at him a million times, and like mm-hmm. they did like three different, three and... different reversal transmutation yes. circles. <laughs> Man, that part was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like all of our work is coming together in all their like calculations. And Hohenheim, like he left a trap in the in the ground. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hohenheim. He's in the souls that he befriended over all the years. Yeah. By talking to them through his mm-hmm. like madness. Yeah. <laughs> I forget how many. He gave like the exact number. It was like hundreds of thousands, right? <laughs> something yeah. like uh, that. Something like that, yeah. It's like 500,000 something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there were like about a million people in Xerxes, I think they said. Yeah. Because then they said like Amestris has like 50 million. Mm, exciting. Yeah. Still not enough to quite contain a god, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked like he was struggling even before they knocked all the souls out of him (laughs) i feel like we 
does anybody have any other things to say about characters? I mean, yes, but they'd be here for hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, like, you know, I we know. didn't talk about Father very much. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Such a... Well, he's just a little blob that <laughs> stole power. Stole his way to power. Yeah. He doesn't have anything on his doors. <laughs> I know. So so disturbing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Really why? Why? A, <laughs> sort of a non-entity in some ways. It's like, I think he had yeah. more of a personality when he was still in the flask. Like, yeah. Before he tried to make himself into a perfect being by, like... You know, expelling all the human emotions and mm-hmm. trying to achieve godhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think that his his mm-hmm. arc is very interesting, and fascinating. But mm-hmm. there's just so much time where you don't see that, but you see him. Mm-hmm. That like, I, I, my first instinct is like, oh, he's okay. And you think about it, and it's like, oh wow, actually that it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, he started out from a, an accident. And caused all of this, and like he has huge aspirations, and you know, it maybe wants to be a person, but also mocks them, and mm-hmm. all this tries to become a god, fails, and then and the end gets punished by God. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's cool. I love mm-hmm. it. Very Greek tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> something mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny because the very again, I was listening to the first episode. And Ed makes a comment about Icarus in um, mm-hmm. when he's talking to Rose about yeah about alchemy and specifically about Carnello, I think. But yeah, like that's basically what happened to mm-hmm. Father in the end. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I mean, I think it's intentional that he looks so much like Ed in the final battle. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's meant to be kind of a parallel there in like mm. the you know, <laughs> the fact that they've you know, and they both get the speech from Truth and everything. Yeah, the same spiel. Mm-hmm. That's true. He does. Uh, that is a good point. Mm-hmm. Like Ed having the chance to fight him is also like I think a lot of like a big theme in this story is about accepting and overcoming your mistakes mm-hmm. and like learning from mm-hmm. your own past. And in a way, like Ed giving up the ability to do alchemy or whatever. Like, he specifically says when he's talking to the truth at the end that, like, having all this power just made him reckless and made him make mis- more more and more mistakes and, like, bigger mm-hmm. mistakes mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I feel like that is kind of a parallel to the homunculus. Yeah. Who stretched too far. Mm-hmm. And never, like, really tried to change or, like, actually become a, like, person in any meaningful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never tried to gain wisdom. Mm-hmm. The idea of sort of like casting off, being able to separate out your like emotions, like the sins to cleanse yourself or that kind of thing, like to to take in all this power is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like this long ritual, more esoteric bullshit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like <laughs> the idea that he's like, like to contrast him with other characters where the story is clearly about like the human also like much about the human experience and then you have the central character in the story who has deliberately made themselves inhuman it's Mm -hmm. kind of when they had the chance right yeah like Mm -hmm. they took all these human souls and took on this human form hohenheim says that he's jealous of humans and i guess wanted Mm -hmm. to be better but i don't know it's just kind of an interesting idea that's explored i think yeah yeah 
Yeah, like I think um like I think the the things that the like homunculi and their sins like represent like when they become individual characters does sort of represent what father was trying to cast off. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like envy is told explicitly so said to be jealous of humans at the end and mm-hmm. you know greed just wanted friends and <laughs> yeah wanted human connect wanted other connections mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I think that's Sloth like, just that's wanted like to rest. Yes, <laughs> the most relatable. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think that stuff that like the homunculus felt at various points and like tried to cast off to like become a perfect being because like mm-hmm. back when he was in the flask he had more of a personality it was like curious about like human beings and how yeah. they relate to and each greedy other and stuff to a certain yeah. extent mm-hmm. and like tried specifically concocted this plan and and wooed people into believing the plan you know to like so that he could take a, a form that would enable him to live outside the flask yeah mm-hmm. I feel like those all are kind of like very human things to do mm-hmm. to try to like want to see more things but to sometimes have to like kind of scheme your way into things i feel mm-hmm. like that's definitely a, a people thing mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing people do mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because like when like one of the lines that homunculus has like when how and i asked him like what he like desires or whatever and he's like i really just want to get out of this flask and like see more things and it's like that seemed genuine at the time like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that seemed to genuinely be what he wanted but he got a taste of power though mm-hmm. just like ed <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. flew too close to the sun he flew too close to the sun <laughs> he literally swallowed the sun yeah <laughs> didn't, didn't. that was too way much. too close <laughs> way too close <laughs> way too much <laughs> That's such a good line at the beginning. It's just mm-hmm. there's a question later about favorite lines, but it's like just that moment, like sets the some of the tone like so well so early in the series when Ed's like mm-hmm. almost like saying it as a joke. It's like oh I know this story. The guy flew too close to the sun and then crashed to the ground and then like Al like lowers his head like looking mm-hmm. serious nearby. It's like before you really know what happened to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ed is full of sass in mm-hmm. the first chapter. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how he acts like he knows everything. And it's like he, in this case, he kind of does because he had obviously been through that experience. But mm-hmm. he kind of like becomes. I, maybe it's just because there are a lot of other characters, but I feel like he becomes more of a a listener later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know. There's definitely you know? A, a humbling aspect to their yes. journey. Yeah. I was to say he's less cocky. So it's yeah. the opposite of being humble, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For yeah, sure. and not in like a like like get kicked down and yes. know your place kind of humbling just a like you know awareness that of like yeah, you don't know everything there are people who know more than you and like you should try to learn from these people kind of mm-hmm. thing where it's like because if he's like he's 15 at the beginning everyone thinks they know everything <laughs> when they're 15 yes. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely part of his mm-hmm. you know he also matures through the story but i think it's part of his character growth in general yeah mm-hmm. i feel like the um exploration of alchemy just in in the story and in the universe is kind of interesting too it's like something that everybody can access mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and there's like there are a lot of like rules that seem to be defined but it seems like there's there's some room for flexibility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i like the kind of reveal that it was all controlled by father too yeah. like in the yeah. end you're like oh shit like he gave them a source 
like one thing I was thinking about after we did our recording, I can't remember, it was probably a couple episodes ago after it was revealed that the Philosopher's Stone is like under the ground or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like all all this time they were doing alchemy with the Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, so Ed, it's kind of funny how like Ed and Al, or it's kind of ironic how Ed and Al are like, we don't want to use the Philosopher's Stone, but like that's what they've been using all this time to mm-hmm. do alchemy. So. so I wasn't actually. I, I thought I thought that's what it was before, but reading it this time, I thought, is it that the philosopher's stone is there as a way to interfere to like block the actual ability to use the tech, like the 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 plate energy? I yeah, I think I, what it is is like, yeah, I guess like I'm Father clear. sort of like put that as like, like made that into the source, like it blocks the like, like plate tectonic thing, and so like it's yeah. one that he can control rather than the. Mm-hmm. the like tectonic plates energy yeah, so i think some, yeah i don't know i think it's like not like it's not it's like it is blocking it but also they have access to it does that make sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think it's like he's making it so that they're drawing off of that instead of what they think they're drawing off of when mm-hmm. they're using alchemy mm-hmm. that's my take at least from mm-hmm. the, the way it's written yeah. yeah then once it's removed then they can use the like access the full uh the full power of the earth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seems to be closer to the like you know dragon pulse idea that the yeah. <laughs> characters from sheen have mm-hmm. that hohenheim taught them yeah <laughs> the dumpling master from the west or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh i love myself <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs> At least somebody does. <laughs> it's okay. We're here to beat you down. Put you back in your place. Yeah. It's part of your um, your character journey to become gotcha. more humble. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, now we're close to Hohenheim's visible age. <laughs> Our character arcs are nearing completion, I feel. <laughs> I do think, and, like, it's kind of interesting how, or, like, one thing I think is interesting is, like, they can, people can get the ability to, like, access that power without needing any, like, they they have to draw something or, like, use their hands. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them can kind of, like, get access to that, that, or at least a lot of our characters who've been through the portal can transmute just by kind of, like, creating a circle to focus Mm -hmm. instead of needing some kind of, like, shape. Mm-hmm. which is interesting there's something interesting about just like alchemy in general in the universe and like that everyone can access it and like yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> i really love it as like a magic system for this world like yeah it like, definitely it, like works well like, yeah it like you know it makes just enough sense <laughs> that you can go like okay i kind of get where you're coming I from agree. and it's internally mm-hmm. consistent which is like, yeah what you really need from yeah. a, a good magic system but yeah i really like I, the idea that it's like like a couple characters mentioned it's like oh i tried my hand at alchemy but i didn't really have the talent for it or whatever like it's any other kind of like mm-hmm. normal skill mm-hmm. that someone could that like anyone could theoretically pick up and mm-hmm. become an expert at even the homunculus could have but didn't mm-hmm. so. took a shortcut i appreciate how long al was just drawing circles in the main story before he got <laughs> access to the yeah well it turned out that he always had access he just had forgotten mm-hmm. so basically yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he went through a, a trauma <laughs> and was able to remember yeah, he, he forgot the truth and then he remembered it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. he's like did you see the thing i love all that time yeah, with the wiggly hands, hands. <laughs> yeah wiggly hands it's the best 
<laughs> Man, I love it when they show up the first time and Zumi's like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. She's like, I fucking told you not yeah. to do this. And then you went and did it. <laughs> she has such a great introduction. Like, that scene yeah. is so good. <laughs> this is like at first, like, you know, giant Sig steps out the door and you're like, oh, that's why they're afraid of their teacher. But no, it's Zumi. No, it's Zumi. You know, mm-hmm, sitting mm-hmm. sick in bed in the background. Coughing up but, blood. <laughs> yeah. But then she, like, kicks down the door. Like, no. I love when she shows up and fixes the the levee or whatever where they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And she like does all the stuff and then like coughs up the blood and they're like, Whoa, yeah. are you okay, buddy? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, wow, you saved the day and she's like, Thanks. <laughs> and it's like, all right. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the part where uh Hohenheim just like literally stuck his hand in her guts and rearranged them for her. It's like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You don't have a license. <laughs> I like when Sig came back, like at just punch the wrong him in the time, face. and just like punched him across the, <laughs> yeah. the alleyway. I think Hohenheim deserved it, regardless. Yeah, but. yeah. yeah. It's like it's like I know you've been a, a loner weirdo for a while, but it's uh, <laughs> something you mentioned before you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like hang on, and just yeah. like sticks his hand in her guts. <laughs> I know what to do. Plus, he was probably still wearing his like bullet hole ridden suit at that time <laughs> yeah. too, if, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I really loved that whole part of the story where he's like running around. He's like running around the countryside with his like <laughs> for multiple chapters and his like the same outfit that's like covered in bullet holes. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, he's just like, oh, they broke my glasses. <laughs> I need those. That's funny. It's like, I need those to look suspicious. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know somebody's evil. Yeah, I need the I need them so that the sun can glare off them just right to hide my eyes uh-huh. <laughs> when well, I say ominous we... things. <laughs> well, he says ominous things, then he's secretly crying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> In his case. <laughs> oh, Hohenheim. <laughs> One thing I really enjoyed about reading this, with, like, throughout the whole thing was Zarkawa's style like visual mm-hmm. style it is very consistent first of all from like start to finish mm-hmm. which is nice mm-hmm. and interesting but that like high contrast mm-hmm. yeah style of drawing is so great like yeah, i love it so much the whole thing has this sort of like film noir kind of vibe from start to finish mm-hmm. and i like that it's yeah. very like dark series mm-hmm. yeah her style is so um like unique Mm-hmm. and like instantly identifiable like i've looked up like <laughs> like other series where like she's done artwork mm-hmm. and like i didn't know she was the artist on there because the you know it's credited to the author so it had some other mm-hmm. thing and then i was like that looks like arakawa's work and then i look up yeah. and I'm like yep that's arakawa's work <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. but yeah i love the high contrast especially with like when you get to the points where like shadows play like a strong role with like pride mm-hmm. and stuff like it works so well with those characters. Actually, that chapter where it's the pride reveal ones with Riza is like one of my favorites, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Like in the visual language alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they're silent mm-hmm. the whole time. I can't remember. Is it what's called? Hush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but for FMA, mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. the peak of the medium coming together with the story yeah that reveal is so good 
Like mm-hmm. when Risa comes home and sees like Bakayate's eyes in the darkness and stuff yeah. like that. And like every when she leaves the house and there's like every shadow on the street and mm-hmm. like it's just very it's very creepy yeah. and, and great. And like, during the reveal itself where they're in that like hallway with the columns that are casting yes. all the harsh shadows and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I th- feel like that one in particular is great. It becomes like a thing that you get used to seeing later in the story because it then it then pride's more involved in the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I also love like just how clean the style is. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the lines are always like very solid, like mm-hmm. thick mm-hmm. thick drawn line kind of style and like the the panels are usually like clean squares even if they like mm-hmm. do some interesting things with them sometimes with the way mm-hmm. they're laid out, yeah. but like you're you're basically never confused about like how to read the page like true yeah, mm-hmm. yeah true because mm-hmm. they're I mean drawing a comic is like not easy like it's very easy no. to like there's a lot of really messy comics out there that are really mm-hmm. hard to be like I have no idea what's going on or what order <laughs> these panels are supposed to be read in or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no that's true. One thing that I never even thought about until you just mentioned it now is like it's al- it's always easy to tell who's talking to. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of practicality in the way that the panels are laid out. Like yeah. I remember sometimes when we were reading, for example, like Fruits Basket, where I'd be like, I think this dialogue is this person's, but I don't know, or yeah. like I think this is a narration or whatever as opposed to something else. But it's like always obvious, especially with like the sheen, like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. use of mm-hmm. the um, like horizontal dialogue bubbles with the sheen people yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it's always, I really always like. obvious. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's never, like, directly said. It's, like, these characters are speaking a different language than the other <laughs> ones right now. It's mm-hmm. just, like, something you kind of pick up on by... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, those, like, the cue of the the speech bubbles and, like, sometimes the other characters, like... What? Like, yeah, they, like, <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. But, yeah. yeah. What did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, they'll have, like, these long things where they're talking just to each other and, like, their own language and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Which is also just like a nice bit of realism. Like, of course, they would like talk to mm-hmm. each other in their own language. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would just be the natural instinct, mm-hmm. even if they're not trying to like keep secrets or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of just like little little bits of like like realism and like continuity that's I really appreciate in the series. Like, it's really like the continuity, especially, is really strong, which I really appreciate for any kind of long going series. Like, yeah, like how mm-hmm. Winry's ear piercings were gone for like yeah. <laughs> 20 <laughs> chapters or something. Yeah. She yeah, just like had that, them at the end, and, like you yeah. said. And then, like, the uh, like the cut on Ed's head that keeps getting reopened and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And like Roy having the like the scarring from the uh, transportation oh. circle he cut into his hand for a while afterward. Mm hmm. Risa has, a, I think, some. Um, like cuts on her face and stuff like she has that cut on her face from pride for mm-hmm. a while from the shadow time yeah mm-hmm. or like al's armor is it was still chopped off the top um yep, the yep, ponytail yep. thing was yeah. chopped off even <laughs> at the end mm-hmm. <laughs> for so long yeah. i just remembered pride's teeth and how horrifying they were yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just like little bits of like that makes sense kind of details like like the fact that like Al's body is kind of emaciated at the end, and like Ed's, mm-hmm. Ed's, Ed's arm, arm is all like, oh, I love that yeah. so much, his scrawny arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Al's hair super long too, mm-hmm. in the void, void Al. Yeah, I think his fingernails are kind of long and scraggly too, if I remember. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps. 
Truth's not a nail biter. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, Ed's definitely is because I remember when he like puts his hands together, you can see like the longer finger, the longer kind of jagged really? fingernails on his uh, flesh hands. It's the detail. Interesting. Thing, yeah. Oh, I need to go back and look yeah, at that. Yeah, they're not like the like world record holders creepy curly <laughs> fingernails or anything, but they're just that, a little more long. Oh, and jagged. grosses me <laughs> out so much. Oh yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> 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 but yeah a little bit longer makes sense <laughs> that's funny yeah and now like even like just the thought put into like what having automail would mean or like for the character yeah, like he still has the scar mm. and the like uh mm-hmm. stuff in his like shoulder mm-hmm. even when he gets his arm back yeah and like the yep. fact that it's like makes it more sensitive to Sweaty. extreme temperatures and <laughs> yes yep, yep. and that it you know it's heavy so it's like stunting his growth some and uh-huh yeah, and then he has to have a different model for when it's cold, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like different, uh, like lubricant and stuff for when it's cold. Yeah, yeah. I especially appreciate that because it's not like, you know, a lot of like, sci-fi and fantasy series can fall into the like magical disability fix kind of trap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Or just like we'll just ignore, like it still works fine in Briggs, but he's still hampered by it or whatever. But. Yeah. Not like it's completely freezing and giving him like frostbite though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other level of like detail that totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, and just like the amount of like, like trouble it is to like get and adapt to automail. Like, like the fact that he did it in one year is considered like extraordinary. Like most people mm-hmm. take a couple years to adapt to it, and it's a really difficult surgery. Mm-hmm. And like when Lanfon does it in six months, she's like, it's still like. She hasn't really yeah, recovered. It's causing, yeah, it's causing her problems and like almost getting yeah. torn out of her yes. shoulder, which is horrifying in the one scene. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that scene is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Ling is like, let the fuck go. And she's like, fuck no, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a visual moment I like really well too. And the like the yeah. blood is dripping down from her arm onto Greed's yeah. face. And then like when she starts crying about food, like the tears start dripping down too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That that one scene is really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't believe Bradley fucking swam away <laughs> <laughs> into the fucking warp pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he jumped out, it was like do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like welcome to warp zone. <laughs> Hopping in that world eight pipe, cheating the game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he went all the way to the end of the game, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> we last time last episode we briefly were like i think there's a main theme that could apply to full metal alchemist mm-hmm. and then we we're like but we won't talk about it now yeah i think we should talk about it now <laughs> all right so i have an opinion but kayla i was wondering what your opinion is specifically i'm sure Cosmo has one too but yeah yeah I'm, um like we said i think there's several you could probably argue but Yes. I think if I were to choose one theme that's the main theme, it's kind of the idea that, like, like the importance of the connections with the people around you in, like, your life. Just, like, like in general, like, Kazarka's, like, final author's note had that whole thing about, like, I tried to put in words of greeting and thanks because I mm-hmm. think, like, those kind of things are just really important and stuff. And it being, like, you know, the whole, like, final sacrifice is Ed giving up the alchemy to get Al's body back and she's like are you sure you'll be okay with that and he's like I'll still have all my friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with the, you yeah and even the, the like, yeah and even like the lead up to that when he was like thinking about what to do mm-hmm. it's him looking around at everyone who's like 
they're being so concerned over Al and them. Mm-hmm. More so than many other things, mm-hmm. like even their own countries or whatever. Yeah. Like in the Sheen folks mm-hmm. case. Yeah. I agree with you. I summed it up in my notes as social connections are more important than individual power. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays out in many, mm-hmm. many characters. That's a much, especially with much more pretty and sustained <laughs> than I made. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it for maybe mm-hmm. 10 minutes. I'm yeah. going to say that was my second take <laughs> on, on the same idea. But yeah, it's like, yeah, definitely Ed giving up his ability to use alchemy is the main thing, I think, that feeds into that theme. But also, like, Winry giving Ed auto mail, like, mm-hmm. him, he needs other people to... Oh, and he also brought Al back because he didn't want to be alone, right? Mm-hmm. I think Scar's whole growth and success in the story is also based around being with other people. Mm-hmm. When he was alone... He was like he. First of all, he had a a goal that I think we can all agree is morally incorrect. But like, yeah. mm-hmm. he also wasn't super successful. He often lost fights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once he started hanging out with the gang, yeah, and like he, he was more successful and he changed. Yeah, and he'd had people before, like in Ishval, he had his family mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. brother and his mm-hmm. teacher and stuff. His teacher, yeah. Um, but like when he lost all of those, he you know went in that. Very understandable downward spiral. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the like... The murder's less understandable, but the, <laughs> the emotion is, is very understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Same with Ling, too. Like, I think Ling's also a good example of this. His mm-hmm. whole, like, he wants power so that he can become emperor, but, like, his whole kind of thing is, like, he wants to... He He's often like well a leader is not a leader without their people and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um he promises to watch over the clans all the, mm-hmm. the especially yeah. may's clan but i think the others too mm-hmm. to not be such a dick yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> when he's the emperor and stuff like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that like directly comes up in his fight with wrath where mm-hmm. Wrath's like you might win if you just like drop that girl and ran but he's like hell no he's like fuck that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I think Wrath is like the opposite of this. Mm-hmm. Wrath and Father are like the opposite, or showing the other side of this theme. Like Father, yeah. especially like the scene with Pride at the end, where Ed is like, "How can you still like support this person?" He obviously doesn't care. Like he he basically cast Father cast out all of the homunculi out of himself. He kind of like uses them in service of his plan, but they don't seem like a cohesive unit. And I think there's a lot of fighting between them and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. And he doesn't, father doesn't particularly seem to care about them other than using, like, other than having them expelled and using them in his plan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that he's not successful in the end as yeah. a single, uh, trying, a single being trying to attain ultimate power, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He was most successful when he had what several million souls. In <laughs> Honestly, so further supporting together. the steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it actually does kind of change that because the fact that he never bothered to like see those them. souls as individual people the mm-hmm. way Hohenheim did had him at mm-hmm. a disadvantage compared to Hohenheim in mm-hmm. the end. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Wrath is kind of an interesting role too because like, well, he obviously like contrasts Ling in that way. He also like. His most human moments are mm-hmm. in the like connection he has with his wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those are, it's like, like the, the only thing about him, kind of. Cosm. Mm-hmm. So, Your take. Um, uh, I would probably sum it up as like what it means to live mm-hmm. is the main theme, and I think it covers a lot of the same things that you've talked about, like 
you know, what what is a life without friends, mm -hmm. without, you know, all these things. Um, and I think it, it, it's explored through uh, also like immortality, all these different life forms. You've got like the chimeras, you've got um, the suits of armor, you've got the body without the souls, like you've got a lot of different living things and it explores sort of what that existence is and like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, everything that you said I think fits in that as well and yeah that's yeah. a good point i think the whole like we've talked a lot about the concept of like what it means to be human and i think that connects well with the whole like idea of like social connections it's like well it's the like people we love and who love us that make us human because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. whole thing is like you know no one ever doubted that al was human when he was in the armor because mm. you know he had all these connections with people mm -hmm. and then like you have you even have him say like at one point where he's like like, oh, I said, like, I would be fine with, like, staying in the armor because, like, you know, I have all these people who care about me and see me as human. And he's like, he's like but I don't <laughs> want to, like, spend my nights alone anymore. But mm -hmm. it's like his whole mm -hmm. thing was like, it's like, it's like, socially, I'm fine. I am human. I've been in this state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but in many ways, he's sort of, like, not, like, the not mm -hmm. sleeping at night is yeah kind of inhuman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes him different from people, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, the, and the, the inability to feel, although I guess there are people that, also have uh lack the ability to feel things right oh i was just about to offend a, a group of people kimberly <laughs> <laughs> not what i the meant kimberly's in the audience will be offended <laughs> um, they also have like the um like the characters like greed's chimeras who you know kind of become mm -hmm. like a, a family unit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though they're like not really seen, they you know have to like stay out of sight and not be like treated as human by most people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like that theme of like what it, yeah what it is to live or what it is to be human is also explored a lot really early on. Like what is with with Al specifically, but also like even going back and like when Ed, like when they dig up the body that they thought was Trisha mm -hmm. Elric mm -hmm. and it it wasn't like God, was he, it wasn't even. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's really disturbing, but it's really yeah. great. Mm -hmm. And but like such a that that like you can't you can't also like you can't force humanity. So like I feel like that's kind of part of that theme. So with the homunculus originally becoming human was all kind of a step in his his plan, but never really became human, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like this, like the idea that you could create humanity that it's like not possible almost is kind of also explored and thrown mm -hmm. in there. Uh, yeah, um, with towards the very end when when Father created the or recreated the the citizens of Sotis oh yeah that was melted. fucked up yeah oh yeah <laughs> but like there's sort of a now I'm thinking about it, there's sort of a so the Velveteen Rabbit where it's like it's like oh you become real by being loved kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, like, with characters kind of, like... Like, I think... I'm most probably thinking of, like, Pride slash Salem mm -hmm. at the end, where it's, like, like the love Mrs. Bradley had for him and that he had, like, for her mm -hmm. in some way sort of, like, mm -hmm. allowed him to become a real boy, as we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. In the same way that, like, greed, both forms were, like, way more, quote-unquote, human than, like, the other homunculi because they... Mm -hmm. had, had they went out and formed connections mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well uh, i'll even say that like gluttony I, f I feel like seemed more human than some of the other ones like sloth mm -hmm. because of his attachment to, to lust, lust. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like, Pride, I mean, definitely didn't seem to have very much human aspects to him. Sloth kind of seemed more of a monster than anything. Um, and I think it's because the, they just kind of were this autonomous unit that just sort of did their thing and then, you mm-hmm. know, didn't really care about anyone else or anything else mm-hmm. that much, you know? Yeah, because all they cared about was their father who did not care about them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I have some other ideas on some other tangential themes or, or sure. other themes that are explored. Mm-hmm. Not the necessarily the main one, but I mean, I think like there's a lot of talk about equivalent exchange in this story. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I think like what that would boil down to as a theme is like that there's like things worth sacrificing. There are things of value that are worth making sacrifices for. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the idea of what kind of sacrifice is needed for something or like like we had we had this sort of like hypothetical discussion or like in the first episode where like is an arm worth a soul is a like <laughs> like what's the deal with that but it's more like the sacrifice or like the pain of it's it's the same it's like the same like that message at the end like there's no there's nothing that's worth gaining without some kind of pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think we see a lot yeah. of exploration of what this means mm-hmm. yeah i never really thought Both about positive it. and negative yeah just actually to cut in slightly it's like i never really thought about yeah. it but it's like i do think it's like his ed willingness to be like take whatever you need just bring me back my brother was like mm-hmm. really what was being like what made it worth worthy of a soul mhm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he came but the fact that he came back after he lost his own leg yeah right cuz he didn't go like i will cut off my arm in trade for my brother it was like no. he like was literally like just take take, take whatever you take whatever you have to just bring me back my brother like, mhm mm-hmm. and like i think one way that's sort of like negatively explored is all the like sort of like what's a human sacrifice that's worth the greater good mm-hmm. so a lot of the stuff with the army like obviously you have like all the all the upper like the military elite being like mm-hmm. it's fine to take all these souls like it'll help us all in the end and we'll be fine and like stuff like that like mm-hmm. this sort of negative side of like what are other people willing to give up for something mm-hmm and like mm-hmm. kind of the the wronger side of that is is also explored. Yeah, it's like the idea of like yeah. sacrificing others rather than sacrificing something yes mm-hmm. that's valuable to you personally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the bit where like the um the like head uh, priest or whatever of Inishval tried to like sacrifice himself to stop yeah. the war and rest like mm-hmm. oh one human life is just one human life. Like, mhm. Yeah. Mhm. There's also a lot of kind of like restoring things back to the way they mm-hmm. were or kind of like taking the time to fix the things that you've broken. Like I feel like in all the fights, like Edna always go back and like fix everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like uh, like you've, you've taken something and then you're giving something back. Like they talk a lot about the end about trying to like give instead of giving giving 10% or whatever and getting 10% back mm-hmm. or taking 10% and then giving 10% back. It's like giving the idea of like giving more and that can mm-hmm. create a greater good. Yeah, it's the... well, I think I think that might even fall in, under its own theme. Maybe, yeah. Because um, I, th- I think, I mean, it, it started, I think, with uh, Scar's brother, right, saying that, you know, there's that positive flow of energy or whatever, and you want to make more positive than you take in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got sort of like the, the rock bells going yeah. in and like sort of trying to make a positive impact on the side that's 
receiving a lot of negative energy, I guess, something along those lines. When were you um, giving 85% of her life <laughs> to Ed, 50%? <laughs> it's the Girl Scout rule. You're supposed to leave a place better than you found it. <laughs> I'm so, mm. let me tell you, I didn't think that I was that fastidious about cleaning, but now moving into this place, I'm like, these people did not leave it better than they found it. Just saying. I've cleaned so many things where it's like, and then I'll see something else. Like, well, you really left this stain on the floor? Really? Or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Always leave a place better than you found it. It's the Girl Scout way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think there's uh, kind of going off of that though. I think there's a there is a strong message of like, like in the, with that like positive negative flow, just like the idea of like a, like a, like how much a like generous act can impact mm-hmm. like everyone around you, like like the Rockville staying behind to keep uh, treating the injuredish fallens like. Mm-hmm. Even when they were repeatedly told to leave and that they weren't going to be mm-hmm. protected anymore, it's like it's like even though it ended in their death, it's like that had an impact on the people they treated. Like where we have, uh, like when Ed meets up with some of them in the uh, the Xerxes mm-hmm. ruins, where like obviously the impact of the rock bells had them to be like, well, I know not not all of you are bad, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. like continue that grudge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the whole idea with the like ending the cycle of vengeance with Winry and Scar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even like in a smaller incident in the story, like Paninia, like Dom gave Paninia mm-hmm. legs so that yeah. she could, you know, sort of stand on her own. And he tried. She tried to pay him back, but he wouldn't accept her money until it was like honestly earned. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, he he gave without expecting anything in return. Yeah. So he's just like people like you piss me off and like take her off the street and gave her gave her free out of her legs. Oh, I didn't say that he was yeah. he was sassy yeah. while he was doing know, it, which was the point. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I like Dom. It's a good mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed him. Yeah. He was even sassy about Winry, but then he still found a mentor for her. So, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, you can come back, I guess, and visit my grandson, I guess." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, we didn't talk about our favorite character, Yoki. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's this unrelated. I just remembered him for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His whole existence is just so funny in this series. Like, mm-hmm. I like that he's by, like he's like a one-off character, but then yeah, he never goes like, away. By all, right, by all rights, he should have been gone after the usual <laughs> chapter, but he just kept coming back. <laughs> he's there with them for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> he even helped fight pride in the end I know he hit yeah. him with his car or whatever yeah. he's like I did something he's like yeah you did mm-hmm. you've really grown Yoki <laughs> there was only one other time where he was useful right when finding the, the oh like, they were in the mine <laughs> yeah it was, was it just those two uh, <laughs> I mean he didn't he drive the cart that Scar was in <laughs> like to uh... yeah but he was he more did, like, of a peasant work, but, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah he did yeah. grunt work no, those were the two times that he did something useful. Yeah. Did he, did he, he say did. something accidentally that ended up being a good idea? No, I think that was the the mining incident because he was like, "Why don't we just find the maps in the, the office okay. or whatever?" And they're like, Maybe. "What?" Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Why don't we just find our way out?" And they're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> he did sort of bring May into the group, although it was when he was trying to rob her. Go, <laughs> mm. like, oh, sorry. Are you okay, little girl? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think there's like um, some other theme, interesting themes that are explored, like sort of like, you know, religion and power and governments and power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like the things 
are obvious like obviously the um like stuff with father cornello and mm-hmm. eventually with father trying to become a a, a god basically to mm-hmm. become better mm-hmm. than god and then with the government and sort of power it's like really obvious that a mistress is this like autocratic kind of government that is willing to conscript 14 year old children into the military yeah. so mm-hmm. and like um you know order genocide campaign and whatnot yeah -hmm. Yeah, it's like the the government situation isn't like given a whole lot of detail which i think makes sense because it's like you know it's kind of pretty tangential to ed now's part of the story Mm -hmm. but it's like the Mm -hmm. fact that like there is a parliament but it's basically useless Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. it's run like by the military and the fuhrer Mm -hmm. and how like it's part of um like roy and reese's goal is to like lessen the power of the military and like make the parliament something worthwhile and like, mm-hmm. get back to mm-hmm. like a democratic you know more fair society mm-hmm. yeah i think there's also a definite theme about the negative impact of war i yeah. would say yeah yeah <laughs> which or is hell. <laughs> yeah which is tangential uh, mm-hmm. or is related to what you're just saying about roy and yeah. Lisa. it's like part of their yeah. um, mm-hmm. character development that we see in the story yeah i definitely didn't see that reveal about um Reese's back tattoo coming mm-hmm. for so long. Like I didn't see it coming. Mm. I was like, "This is the best thing." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of unrelated. Yeah. It has nothing to do with themes, but I just remembered it because it's all part of that time. Mm. And then you're like, "Why is it fucked up? Why is there a scar?" Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was such a good like, not really like cliffhanger, like a hook. It's a hook. Yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah, a hook. Yeah. Like, what? I must know. What the <laughs> fuck? Because, like, the whole time you're like, she doesn't know anything about alchemy or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's just there mm-hmm. to give Roy his glove, dry yeah. gloves. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, because, like, up to that point, it's like, it's like you knew Roy and Riza had some kind of weirdness between them where definitely. they're, like, borderline codependent, mm-hmm. but you didn't really know the depth of it until that point. And so, like, getting that, like, hit, like, his alchemy symbol on her back was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and, like, all of mm-hmm. the whole thing, like, the whole, all of it, mm-hmm. right? Like, their whole backstory in Ishval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's semi-relevant to Ed Now's story. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. In that it in, in that it affects the current state of Amestris mm-hmm. and, and gives you the background about what happened in Ishval, but, like, we technically didn't really need to know that much about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really, really great. Yeah. I really like that whole, like, setup, though, where it's, like, our characters were, like, our main characters were, like, tiny children when this war happened, so they don't Mm -hmm. really, like, Mm -hmm. remember much about it or really fully understand, like, the impact and what it meant. And so, Mm -hmm. like, you have them, like, you have them, like, kind of bump up against it a couple of times before that moment where they're like, oh, this is, like, a result of that thing we don't really know that much about. They sort of all live uh, in the shadow of it. mm -hmm. Like, it affects everything probably in their daily lives yeah right like i think one like striking early moment is the first time like scar shows up and they're fighting and like his glasses get knocked off and like all the military mm-hmm. people are like oh fuck he's a oh, fuck. like yeah yeah <laughs> and you're like why is that a problem and then yeah. it goes whole backstory and you're like oh no i yeah. see why this is a problem <laughs> that's true they do all look really freaked out the first yeah. time and like that's totally something they kind of have to explain to ed now that they do it in like kind of vague terms at the time mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, and like, I appreciate that. Like, the lead into or one of the lead ins to the uh, Ishval backstory is Ed being like, "Can you tell me more about this? Because I don't mm-hmm. like I don't don't feel like I mm-hmm. understand enough, and I should like." Mm-hmm. 
part of, as we talked about, Ed's, you know, becoming a more humble person, willing to listen to people with mm -hmm. experience that he doesn't have. Willing to learn from his big sister, Risa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I really like the setup for that, too. Mm-hmm. Where mm -hmm. he's, it's like them having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's very, mm -hmm. we don't really see the conversation. Yeah. So much as we see her flashbacks, but, like, yeah. 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 I like how, like, that's the main setup, but we also get, like... Uh, like Dr. Knox talking to Al mm. and um, mm -hmm. Marco and Scar talking, talking, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more aggressive than that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say grunting or like. <laughs> well, he's Arguing. like, you know, getting ready to explode his face. <laughs> so <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Mm -hmm. And then so like you'll you be see, recognized. <laughs> yeah. And then you see like other characters, like, like you see like. Roy having like a bad night's sleep in like one panel mm -hmm. and like other characters just like before it leads into that like this is how the war fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone. Yeah. 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 So another theme that I think is uh, uh, I guess a lesser theme lesser <laughs> smaller theme <laughs> that's also portrayed as like leadership we kind of talked about it a little bit a couple of times mm -hmm. like with Ling mm -hmm. but also like with Olivier. Mm-hmm. And also, like, father is kind of a bad example. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, Olivier obviously has people who respect her, and she's a badass. Mm -hmm. Clearly. I always like to kind of, like, compare and contrast of, like, Olivier and Roy as leaders. Because, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like, they're, they're really very similar in a lot of ways, even though they're, like, outwardly have pretty different, like, attitudes and methods. But, mm -hmm. like, they both, like, obviously care a lot about their uh, subordinates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and like you know are trying to like you know they both are like seek out people who are like good at what they do to like follow them and help in their goals and everything mm -hmm. and they seem to have like similar like desires for like what the country and the military should be and they're also like very driven on top of that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. similarly to try to achieve those things did I say Ling? There's also Ling versus Bradley as like mm -hmm. leaders, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Bradley's kind of like a fake leader. He says that himself. Mm -hmm. He was like mm -hmm. put in that position or whatever. He has a reputation. Like people mm -hmm. know him and they know that he's powerful and whatever, but Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I think this theme heavily ties in with the social connections and all yeah. that that we talked mm -hmm. about earlier. But just sort of a, a an aspect or an avenue of that. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Because yeah. it's like the like the good leaders are the ones who like have people supporting them who care about them. Like mm -hmm. he's, he's even gives that advice to Roy. Like <laughs> he's like, find as many people who support you to like serve under you as possible. Mm -hmm. But then he's like, so you should get yourself a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even talk about Hughes. I'm still not over it. <laughs> Hughes is a great character for the very short period of time that he's in the story. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's a good, um, like, I feel like the two like, kind of shocking moments that, like, tell you, it's like, no, this is serious with the series are uh, Nina and then Hughes. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. like, yeah, in different if, ways. <laughs> if Child Disappointment wasn't enough in the initial opening, mm -hmm. then yeah, definitely yeah. that. I feel like Nina is the, like, things are going to get fucked up. <laughs> like wake up call and more like, than you Hugh think yeah yeah and Hughes is the like no one's necessarily safe wake up call mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. that is very true mm -hmm. I'm like I thought everybody was gonna be fine even if they got turned into half dog people yeah 
mm-hmm. but yeah no and things get so fucked yes. up from there too Ar- Argyle mm-hmm. escalates the like the fucked upness yeah the fucked upness <laughs> mm-hmm. very gradually to the point where you're like I'm okay that Greed's being like cut in half right now or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> Pride's face is just flaking off into this void yeah mm-hmm. well it's kind of funny it's like when you like look back at like like objectively it's like the nina thing wasn't that like horrifying compared to the other stuff that happens but like mm-hmm. when it first happens you're like what, what the, the fuck, fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what am i reading yeah <laughs> but yeah but then later you're like okay well mm-hmm. so this girl just like cut off her arm in the sewer no big deal yeah tied it to a dog <laughs> <laughs> it's like so Made awful and i love dog, it half, half girl <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's one kind of chimera. <laughs> a reversible one, perhaps, but yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I feel like Hughes was like one of the big spoilers that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. But it's like I managed to not know that until I, I read it. I didn't know the that until I read it. Because <laughs> like, I think the anime had gotten past that point at that time when I was first reading it, but I had stopped watching the anime after a few episodes because I wanted mm-hmm. to read the manga. Yeah. Because like, I, I so distinctly remember like reading that that chapter and like he's like bleeding out in the telephone booth and i'm like oh he's gonna be fine someone will come out and blah 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 there's no way he's dead and i like kept clicking through the pages and then i got to like the funeral, the funeral with the and you're like, and I was like oh, oh my no. god yeah yeah <laughs> it's like you're like it can't be real it can't be real and then like roy's crying the rain and you're like oh yeah <laughs> i feel like that was the point where i was like okay he's definitely not coming back yeah like he can pop out of a grave but he can't <laughs> If we're crying this much, then he's not coming back. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any other themes that I wanted to chat about. Do you all have any other big things you want to chat about? Or should we start talking about questions? I think I'm ready to move on. It's just so good. But yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting one of you to say that, and I thought it would be awesome since he took a, big, a deep breath, but <laughs> it is really good. I know, we don't want to stop talking about it. We can keep mm-hmm. talking about it, but anyway. I'll be talking about Phonogmas so. for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Now you have more friends to talk to about, talk yeah. to it about, which is now me. Can, yeah, now, now I can send you all the, the things I come across, which I've already started to do. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Now she'll get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. Now I'll get the joke. <laughs> you know, actually, I do. I may have a theme. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> you thought about it more. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about it a little bit, but like commitment to your values or something like that. We see it a lot with with Kim Lee, but also like <laughs> yeah. and, and what really made me think about it is when uh, Ed ripped pride out of the soul void mm. and he's like oh god he's gonna kill me and kimberly's like you have no idea who ed is then Clearly, yeah you know mm-hmm. um, that's true but i think also like uh scar throwing away his values and and going on his his murder spree <laughs> and he cast away his name he gave him <laughs> his whole identity um and i think i think what makes Roy such a, a a lovable character after he's committed such a genocide is that he's found a new value system that he's sticking to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. And then you uh, have the moment where he like starts to stray from that and reason mm, turns to mm-hmm. shoot him. Yeah, which is like their whole part of their whole. Yeah, <laughs> their whole fucked up thing. 
<laughs> it's like I, I mean, love them, but their relationship is really affected, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't she's think... like, oh, I'm gonna. What you said was, uh, then Risa threatened to shoot him. And what I finished with in my head was, and then kill herself. But I didn't yeah. say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, like, it's about as healthy as they could be, mm. Mm. <laughs> considering everything. And I don't think they'd be any better with anyone else, but it's still deeply mm-hmm. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I love them as a couple, but I'm also really concerned for them as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think they could be with other people. Like, how can you be through the things that they've been through together and then, mm-hmm. like, be with other people? Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, their know. whole, like, their whole, like, current existence and yes. past trauma is just too tied up with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, they have this very intimate trauma. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like their relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not it healthy, so, but I like, like it. Yeah, it is so, like, <laughs> very deeply intimate, like... Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most intimate relationships in the series, but it's it like they like hardly ever even like touch each other. You look at it's the like really fascinating. You look at the series from the outside, and you're like, Ed and Winry, top relationship. At least mm-hmm. that's how I looked at it from mm-hmm. before I read it. And and everybody knows like Roy and Risa have a thing, but like they have like a thing. Like mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, so much more like sort of like twisted, and they have this like intertwined past, and then. They're relying on each other for for like psychological security in the present, but like they're kind of really barely hanging on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially at the point where Riza gets threatened by pride, like, mm-hmm. and then where Roy starts to kind of stray from what they've agreed on for what's best for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's where it gets really fucked up, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like gradually revealed to you because like yeah, you're like yeah, hey, first you're just like oh, they seem pretty close. They've got like some kind of thing going on, and then you start to get the moments where like where like Roy is like still injured and like drives blindly into the battlefield because he thinks mm. she's like been hurt, and then mm-hmm. like yeah, she's like out. giving up when she thinks uh, like freaking out on Lust, and then like just giving up when she thinks he's dead. He's dead. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all, like, before you even get their whole backstory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, like you said, you're like, oh, no, it's, like, a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, cute, the lieutenant and Roy have a thing. That's cute. And mm-hmm. then it's like, it's really not. <laughs> it's like, really... <laughs> like, I like their intimacy and their relationship in the story. Mm-hmm. But it's so dark, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's like, I want to ship them like I normally ship people where I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you, you know? Mm-hmm. But like it's like I almost can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, their relationship is so it's so dark that I and so like darkly intimate that I almost can't condone it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I really like it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Of course I ship it. I but... like to think they're uh, heading toward a better place. I think uh, so. I hope so. Because yeah. yeah, they've they've aired some of their issues and <laughs> like are working toward not only getting the country better but also themselves <laughs> yeah i think so mm-hmm. i think so but like the way they can rely on each other is very interesting mm-hmm. and like kind of singular and special like yeah. yeah like i don't know yeah and they do have like really sweet moments like of course like one of the ones that always stuck out to me was like after like she was threatened by pride and 
she went home and was still like freaking out her. with all the shadows and stuff. And he calls her about like something completely unrelated, but just like talking to him on the phone for a little bit makes her feel so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, "You fucking idiot!" And then she's like, yeah. "I feel better now." <laughs> mm-hmm. And also that he could like immediately tell something was up, even if, mm-hmm. like she didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that that was another thing about it's just that how in tune with each other they are, how like they just know when something's up with each other, like. Mm-hmm. They have all their their secret codes. Um, mm-hmm. Just knowing their their behavior patterns so well and stuff like that. Um, uh, another thing that comes to mind is like envy, pretending to be Mustang, and and reason new. Uh, and like yeah, she's like oh you know the we always <laughs> use our first names when we're together <laughs> or alone and it's like oh fuck and it's like oh no psych yeah yeah, yeah. you know just yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's it's uh. I thought that that reveal was going to go the opposite way, where it was going to be Risa. Mm-hmm. I was really happy <laughs> that it wasn't. I don't know. It was a good surprise. I liked mm-hmm. that that scene. Um, questions? Okay. Okay. So as usual, I've I've grouped the questions into categories. <clears throat> the categories this time, or as I think as before, were like FMA manga. And then, like, about us, but FMA-related. <laughs> Where it's kind mm-hmm. of, like, hypotheticals that are related to FMA, but about us. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone asked us a question about the anime, and then also just a- another question about us from Cosm. So... <laughs> <laughs> and I've given us assignments, so nobody has to... We don't have to remember who said what. I, I pre-planned this time. <laughs> I'm asking the first question. Okay. So, I've got a train coming in, though, so if we can wait a Oh, my God. No. Unacceptable. <laughs> I got a train coming in. You kind of said that like you could. (laughs) Wait, what about the train? It's a theme that we didn't talk about. Trains. Trains. Or something. (laughs) Well, they they were something that we talked about from the very, like, early Mm -hmm. on about how they're like a destination or or, uh, a symbol for... A A portal. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of also a... Yeah. Also a bit of a theme of like, you know, traveling and experiencing more of the world and stuff. Yeah, especially especially, at, especially the end. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, even like May coming across the desert and whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then being like, I love the people of this country too. And like experiencing new things. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like how much uh, like Edna learned from the, like the Sheen characters for about like mm-hmm. Alka history and stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 Most important to the train theme is when they blew up the train that Bradley was on. <laughs> yeah. And he platformed his way out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way that he's dead. Like, he can't be dead. Yeah. I really want him to be dead, but he can't be. Yeah. I love how even in universe, everyone's like, there's no way he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the ones who know that he's a homunculus. They're like, yeah, right. Bradley's, uh, he was in an accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> meanwhile, they're like, there's no way that he was in an accident. Like, <laughs> okay, first question. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Oh, the first question is about me. This <laughs> is going to be on the test. <laughs> Did you study? <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> the first question was asked by anonymous uh, user on Tumblr, and it's one of the things that. I- oh, also, I should say some of these. A lot of people sent like, "Thanks for making this podcast. I love this podcast." I cut those things out often, so just to get to the questions. But thank you, we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this may have been one of them. But anyway. Anonymous asked us, anonymous user asked us on Tumblr, one of the things that I've enjoyed most about the podcast is Ellen's predictions. What were your favorite scarily accurate and miles off predictions? Mm-hmm. I'd also love to know what you think, why you think she got it wrong or right. Thanks, they say. So I guess it's about me. 
was <laughs> obviously right that Bradley wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. You did a pretty good um, analysis of the uh, Maria Ross situation too at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because yes. oh because I was obsessed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way, and I thought yeah. about it for like a day. I thought about it while I was like working, and mm-hmm. I like. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I forget. Wasn't I got like there were five things that I said happened, and I got like three of them right. I forget exactly what it was. Yeah, I, was, was... I was legitimately upset that you got so much of that right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanted me to be more wrong. Hold on, wait. Yeah, I think I, I can I... actually find my note. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite parts of the story, like that mm-hmm. whole situation, and then the reveal of like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I love it too because it's like. I feel like it's like just at the moment where you started to actually like Roy, and then that happens. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, no, Roy, how could you? He's yeah. still. It's like I just started to like you, yeah. you asshole. Mm-hmm, Here's mm-hmm. the note that I wrote. I found my note about what I thought happened to Maria Ross. It says, "This is the story that I've concocted about Maria Ross." <laughs> Risa, Risa found all the records. They changed her dental records. Roy signed. Roy singed a random body so badly that they couldn't tell that it was her by looking, and they put the bracelet around the corpse. The bracelet was broken because the bracelet was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very nice uh, detail catch that one. Mm-hmm. I saw it with my eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it says, and then she's out east, out in the east or whatever, because Roy said Armstrong should go there where the women are beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's like what fifty percent right? Yeah, Risa yeah, found I the mean, records. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't change her dental records, but Roy created a fake body. Yeah, with yeah. her teeth, which is why they need well, the, the dental, uh, yeah, dental the records. information you were missing is that Knox and Roy go way back. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, so they got someone to basically mm-hmm. vouch for him for his shitty body yeah. that he made, which I think mm-hmm. is a really funny Cause detail. They, yeah, because they were yeah. war buddies slash accomplices. Well, and also, <laughs> well, I like the kind of like minor detail that Roy is like, I don't know how to do medical alchemy, but then he like. Instead of trying to do medical alchemy on himself and, and Havoc, he just burned, he like just cauterized their wounds later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was it's like, I don't it's, know how to do medicine, but I know how to burn stuff. I know stuff. how to burn stuff. <laughs> yeah. And just like, there was one time where somebody was really badly hurt and he was like, I don't really know that much about medical alchemy. And I was like, don't do it, Roy. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I can't remember when it was, but there was another fight where people were grievously injured and he was like, I don't know if I can do it. And it's like, yeah. don't try. Like, Stop burning everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, if only I had the Philosopher's Stone. It's like, you don't, you shouldn't have it for this. <laughs> yeah, I was, it's because I was so obsessed and I was like, what mm-hmm. the fuck did he do? And I thought about it for so long. That's true. I was pretty right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was right about Hohenheim, I think, and Father, that they were related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think at one point you you figured out that they were the East and West Philosophers. Yeah, when you mm-hmm. made your joke about the Dumpling Master from the East and yeah. West. It was the same episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, which is actually earlier than I figured it out when I was reading it because, like, I think for a while I thought it was like it referred to the same one, and I was yeah. like, I thought it like they were both father or something or both Hohenheim. Yeah, the big sense. And then like sense. later on, I was like, oh no, one went one way and one went the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that might have been before the uh, the backstory for Hohenheim. Mm-hmm. And I think I um, I figured it out before the Xerxes story for sure, mm-hmm. but it was probably around. Hohenheim's like family backstory I think it was around then because I was mm. like there's no way that he's a bad guy anymore Yeah, yeah. I think it was right early on that he wasn't bad like Edward thought there were some yeah, clues think... there were some clues earlier on about of things that happened before that part of the story before like that specific chapter where I was like mm-hmm. I don't know if he's as bad as Ed thinks like yeah. I don't know mm-hmm, if he's mm-hmm. really that bad mm-hmm. I think I remember that yeah yeah uh, one thing I enjoyed which isn't quite a prediction but when you did like <laughs> 
your really in-depth analysis of like the different characters with tattoos and like what they meant <laughs> no. about them and their alchemy. And then like two chapters later, we got Reese's tattoo, and you were like, "Why did you what? let me talk about tattoos for so long?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Everyone who's bad has a tattoo." That's like crap. I was like, "Not Reza." <laughs> Really, when I flip the page and it shows her tattoo, it's just like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, it's so good, though. I loved it so much. <laughs> I don't... I feel like I describe I love this thing so much in the story. I say that a lot, but it's like, like I like that it was scary or I like that it was confusing or I like that the experience of reading it. Because I mm -hmm. also really like this scene where... Um, her father's like dying or whatever, and Roy is there, and then they open the door, and it's and Reese is there. Mm -hmm. Like that's also such a good reveal. Like this yeah. is the next chapter. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Actually, it's probably. Oh no! Yeah, it must have been the yeah, next chapter because yeah, it's right before they talk the, about Ishval. The Ishval mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I didn't see that coming for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I predicted anything that was really off because I didn't, it's more like if I didn't think that it was going to happen, I didn't talk about it. Like I yeah, didn't, I mean, you know I what think, I mean? <laughs> like I think the, what you were probably closest off was towards the very end, assuming what the, the very ending would be. And you were pretty right. It was just like, you were, you had no way to see that the, the gates of the earth and sun were going <laughs> to open. I think anybody would know. A giant projection. <laughs> yeah. It's like what your knowledge of Kabbalah didn't lead you to. Even with, like, you still got the heart of it, I think, pretty well, so. Mm -hmm. Well, he said he wanted to be a perfect being, like, several chapters yeah. before. And yeah. then, like, coupling that with the Xerxes, like, the alliance following the sun. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that that's what he was trying to do before or whatever, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So that kind of made sense, but yeah, there's literally no way that I could have predicted that part of the story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I also really enjoyed that part of the story. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" It's so mm -hmm. great. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I had any like really crazy, completely off predictions because, yeah, because I just like wouldn't have thought about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there was something. Do you guys think that was there something that I said that was like completely wrong? I can't remember. I mean, I think there were some things that you said kind of just in passing about like character. I can't, I can't think of any, but I, I'm sure you said something about like. You said Roy's an asshole. Yeah. And he killed Maria Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and now I hate him. <laughs> That's what happened, right? <laughs> I didn't think that like Buccaneer was going to die. I don't think I ever mm -hmm. said that, but I definitely didn't think that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think any of the like Briggs people were gonna die. Oh, I was also I think was I did I make a prediction about what was going on in Olivier's house? I can't remember. Uh, I mean I think yeah because you you. Oh, I definitely joked. I was like, oh, you can hide a whole army in there. Like, but we didn't really talk about anything specific. I don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think so. And a tank. Like, Roy, shut up. Yeah, I <laughs> know. I didn't predict that either. But they had the. T I totally was like, oh, they had all those tanks at Briggs. Like that makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really funny. Yeah, I know. I love that scene with um <laughs> when he brings her the flowers and she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that. Well, I mean, it's never confirmed, but like, I. I also assumed that Olivier sent, like, she fought with Alex so that she could send the family away mm. because of what was, mm -hmm. she knew it was going to happen. Yeah. There was going to be a fight. Mm -hmm. But I think that's pretty obvious, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Because she secretly does love her family. <laughs> of course. And she secretly loves Alex, and they sparkled at each other at the end, yeah. too. <laughs> That's how so you know they sparkles. love each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was wrong that there is going to be some kind of romance between Lanfan and Ling. Because <laughs> Cosmo misdirected me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in my heart. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a... I don't know. Do you think that there's, like, actual... Like, do you think that in the text there's romance there? Or do you think that it's, like, just attachment and respect? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel mean, like I... it's intended that you can read it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I think it's, you know, plausible deniability, vagueness. Like, you can read it <laughs> yeah. either way. But I feel, I do feel like the intention is that there's... Yeah, with how much they feelings. care about each other. <laughs> like, and, and how much they mean to each other. Because, mm-hmm. you know, whenever, whenever one of them is, is even mentioned, like... That they kind of focus in on that, like yeah, that mm-hmm. is that is their primary sort of mm-hmm. like. There's some deliberate parallels, like like you have the like uh, envy taking on Lanfon's form to make Ling hesitate mm. and fight. Yeah, and um, that's like true. at the end, the the conversation uh, Bradley has with Lanfon about the, like a king and his companion. Yes, mm-hmm. I thought that one specifically was yeah, hinting at that. Yeah, and like yeah. when like. They're first introduced, like, Lanfan's, like, really touchy about, like, any insult to Ling, like, mm-hmm. beyond even, like, beyond Fu is, like. Mm-hmm. 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 That's true. I just kind of yeah. feel like Ling doesn't act that way toward her. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's meant to be, like, one-sided. I, I, That's just how I feel. Yeah. yeah. I, I think mean, it's I can, just, uh, like, his character and, like, thinking that he, you know, he's supposed to be, like, a leader mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Rather than it being, like one-sided pining or anything, because like I think it's I think there's like implied. Well, he did carry to, her. So. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> yeah. enough to imply it from both sides, but I think just like because of like who they are to each other, like role-wise, that it's not going to be like outwardly stated because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know she's his bodyguard and he's now the emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cosm, were you going to yeah. say that he's just too cockoey and? So he <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I think he just doesn't show it as 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 clearly. Right, like I, th- I still think mm-hmm. that you know just how far he'll go for her. Mm-hmm. I think is is clearly more than just like, you know, she's my bodyguard. She's someone that I, you know, I, I think it's it's. That's true. He could have just left her on the battlefield, <laughs> with her half severed arm, but he didn't. But I think I think it's just how how upset it made him that that she went to such lengths, and mm-hmm. I, I think how how strong he fights for her and yeah. And, all. Yeah. and like I mean, and, what the first time he broke free from greed wasn't that? Yeah, to ask when about Ed Lan said, Fon, "What about Long so. Fun?" Mm, yeah. So I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, it's definitely more subtle on his end, but I think there's enough there mm-hmm. that it's. I think you're meant to see something there. Mm-hmm. But you could also be like, "Nah," if uh, yeah, if you don't want to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I basically like purposefully ignored that when I was reading it because I was like. Oh, you're just trying to make them a ship in my head. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that that's true. And then Cosm was like, don't you think that's true? And I was like, I do think that's true. <laughs> like, that's basically... <laughs> that's basically what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also him, like, like reaching out through greed, like, with the message and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they're, like, true. Re- like, he deliberately, like, reached out to her specifically. To... True. True. Yeah, he did just send a message to Fu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm, any other stuff? 
not for this one. So right, we're answering a question, not just talking about chips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we can just talk about chips if we want. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. It was specifically about me and my predictions. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any other things that I predicted. Either way, I mean, not quite a prediction, but I loved all the Kabbalah stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've ascended to a higher level of power now, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed the esoteric bullshit angle in Mm -hmm. a lot of this and i think it's like not really overdone like everything that happens like makes sense there's Mm -hmm. like a there's a singular like plot thread that i think is like set at the beginning like with the lions following the sun in xerxes to like (laughs) the ultimately what the homunculus does to try to take over try to absorb god's power there's like this very clear sort of like through line Mm -hmm. in my opinion so Mm-hmm. I think all the yeah. esoteric bullshit kind of fits together. I think mm-hmm. it works out. Yeah, yeah, I really like the um, like the visuals of, like the, like the real world alchemy references in the mm-hmm. series. Like both in like the visuals yeah. of like, you know, the Xerxes thing is like the most obvious because it's like relevant to the plot, but also like mm-hmm. the you know the Tree of Life depictions yeah. on Ed and Al's yeah. doors and the they also... you know some of the symbolism in Roy's alchemy symbol and oh, the salamander. Yeah, and then like. Um, like Hohenheim's name. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also briefly talked about the hermaphrodite right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the final kind of arc, the final battle. Yeah. As a being of like a perfect being in alchemy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That like, kind of like it's all stuff like that didn't need to be in the series and like you mm-hmm. don't need to understand it to, to, you know, understand the series, but it adds a nice little bit of, you know, extra nuance if you know it. We're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoyed, like, you know, Hohenheim's been going around. We've been calling him Hohenheim for a while. And you're like, oh, that's a reference to that guy, if you know who mm-hmm. it is. And so mm-hmm. I, then I really enjoyed when, in the flashback, where Homunculus is naming him. And he's like, how about Theophrastus Bombastus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Cosmini, would you like to ask your own question for us? So, actually, my question was inspired by the next question. Oh, so okay. I don't know if it's, it makes sense to read that one first. Sure. Yeah. Break my order. Ruin my spreadsheet. Order. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll read it then. Sure. Mm-hmm. This one is from uh, Olivier S., who I believe uh, sent us some questions last time, too. Yes. Uh, and it's uh, favorite quotes from FMA, essentially. <laughs> um... There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of really good quotes. Mm-hmm. Um... I think one of my favorites is, oh God, there's so many. Um, there's Ed using him, like, what, uh, uh, I'm a one soul powered philosopher. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so good. Yeah. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really sticks out to you when you. Um, there's so, so oh, there's, we didn't really talk about it, but there's a very big theme of, like, kind of like self empowerment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of related to that, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, like getting up and walking your own two feet, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that I'm a, I'm a, like one soul's worth yeah, of a philosopher's like stone. Yeah, it's like I'm a philosopher's stone with one soul's worth, soul's of, worth energy of energy. I think mm-hmm. it was what it was. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorites is, uh, it's it's a terrible day for rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Stop! I wasn't. Oh. I was already crying. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh. I'm trying to find it because I know that you put it in your dialogue for mm-hmm. the first episode and 
I just like it because it's really disturbing. <laughs> which is when Ed reads all the ingredients that are required for a human. Oh, yeah. Would yeah, you like is... me to read it? I have found it. <laughs> <laughs> it's water, 35 liters. Carbon, 20 kilograms. Ammonia, 4 liters. Lime, 1.5 kilograms. Phosphorus, 800 grams. Sodium, 250 grams. Potassium nitrate, 100 grams. Sulfur, 80 grams. Fluoride, 7.5 grams. Iron, 5 grams. Silicon, 3, gra- three grams. And 15 other elements in small quantities. That's the total chemical makeup of an average adult body. Modern science knows all this, but there's never been a single successful human transportation. It's like there's some missing ingredient. Such a good one. And it's it's like like, really dark and like really like, oh, like it really makes mm -hmm. you think. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's easily one of the most iconic quotes from the series Mm -hmm. for good reason. Especially I like how it becomes like kind of retroactively chilling, too, because... You know, it's like, yes. you know, he's being dismissive and like joking. It's like, oh, it's stuff that you could buy a with a child's allowance. allowance. And then- <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I already knew that when I read it. So it wasn't that chilling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is retroactively sort of like, oh, he meant that literally. He didn't yeah. mean that figuratively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we talked about the like the Icarus quote to- Yes. a little bit earlier on which i think mm-hmm. it's in that same scene and kind of goes along with that yeah um, i like that in that also in that scene rose is like so you're saying that you're like better than god or whatever like when Al- he's like alchemists are the closest thing to god as being mm-hmm. able to create mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like their whole conversation is actually very interesting for the very opening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. part of the story where it's like this goes like really deep really fast yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like those first chapters could easily be just kind of a like borderline filler except it's the introductory chapter kind of thing where it's like Mm -hmm. like it just serves the purpose to introduce the characters and the concepts which it does but it also like that's stuff that is gonna hang around for a long time even to the point of you know the cornello fight being paralleled some in the father fight Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and rose comes back (laughs) i know Mm -hmm. i wasn't expecting her to come back Mm -hmm. it's another another good one that comes from those first two chapters and hangs around is the whole concept of like getting up on your own two legs and walking forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I really like, um, I really like Kimberly's like terrible speech during the war. Like his <laughs> whole like, your eyes oh, from death. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, like, it's good to like, look squarely at the people you're killing and never forget them. Cause they'll never forget you. Like, mm. Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. Yeah. <laughs> What chapter? Well, I can tell because it would have had four. Mm-hmm. 58 to 61. That's probably it. Well, actually, the other thing that's interesting about that conversation is Kimberly is also like, how can you guys feel so like you made this decision to come here and now you're like moping? I can't remember exactly what he said. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting take also. Yeah. It's whole, yeah. Like, yeah, the whole like you put on this you uniform knew. knowing you'd be asked to kill people and yeah. now you're she whining says, about it basically. Like <laughs> The moment you put on this uniform of your own free will, you knew you that you knew something like this could be expected of you. If you don't like it, you shouldn't have put it on in the first place. Mm-hmm. He says, don't avert your eyes from death. Look straight ahead. Look squarely at the people you're killing and don't forget them. Never forget them because they won't forget you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's haunting. Yeah. <laughs> I like how, you know, it's like, it's coming from Kimberly. So it's like, you know, deeply fucked up. <laughs> it is, but it's like something that he's right though. He's like, right. And it had, yeah. it mm-hmm. resonated and really stuck with like Roy and Riza for, like the rest of the series, obviously. Yeah. Another line that like really stuck with me in those chapters is um, 
Dr. Knox just kind of like almost casually saying like, I'm a doctor, so why am I killing people? And that's also mm, haunting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and then his, even a mere doctor like me or something that has, have deserves a coffee a, with his family or mm-hmm. whatever. Oh, God. Yeah. So good. I really liked um, Scar's quote at the end, like recently, that was like, which, like, you know, it was like, brother, you talked about positive and negative flow, like with all this conflict within me, which direction will I drift or whatever? Mm-hmm. I liked that yeah. one a lot. Yeah, and I'm, I'm talking about like how all that hatred is still within him, but mm-hmm. like he's here, like fighting to, to help everyone now. Hmm. I mean, give me. Give me 50% of your life's got to be up there, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'll give you 50% of my life. Was that the first thing he said? Yeah. He, said like, I'll, he said, like, I'll give you half of my life, so you give so me you half give of me... yours. Yeah. Yes. Which is both, like, really romantic and really fucking nerdy. Like, you know, <laughs> the, whole, the whole proposal. <laughs> the, whole, you too. the whole conversation is so, mm-hmm. so nerdy, and that's what makes it great. Yeah. It's, like, the most of them it could have been. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we were just like, I'll give you 100. No, wait, 85? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, so romantic. And then she's like, wait a second. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> I think the way that it's split in the dialogue box is like, I'll give you 100% is like a mm-hmm. separate frame. And then she yeah. starts to backpedal. So you're like, <gasps> and then you go to the next page panel. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, my breath caught in my chest and then or my throat. And then now you're backpedaling. <laughs> like, it's really funny. <laughs> it's really cute. On a related note, I really like um, uh, both of Ed's kind of like speeches to Winry, like around the whole like scar situation. Like both the um, mm. like right afterward when he's talking about like your hands weren't meant to kill; they were meant yeah. to like save people's lives. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, at the train afterward, when he like you know turns around and shouts across the platform, and that, like, like the next, <laughs> next time, time I make you cry, there'll be tears of joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think later, doesn't she say that? She's like, didn't you say that you made me cry tears of joy or something? Doesn't yeah, she bring have, it back? Yeah, they yeah. have, like, the bit in, um, after she, um, talks to Scar again in, uh, up north, um, right. she's just like, it's okay, I won't cry. Remember, we promised the next time I cry would be tears of joy mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then she does. Mm-hmm. She cries when they, when when they, they come show back. back up. Of course. Yeah. And I have like a little gag about it in the Another Journey's End thing where she's like crying over Al's helmet and it's like, why are you crying? And she's like, I'm happy. I'm it's happy. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are really sweet moments. I like those. It is very, he can be very sweet. It's funny mm-hmm. how we joked about how he can't express his feelings. <laughs> like when he's like, you're an idiot dad or whatever. But then, <laughs> but then sometimes he can say really He can really nice express stuff. them by shouting across train platforms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. Cosmo's flipping through a page, so mm-hmm. I'm waiting for him. Yeah. I just remembered when we were talking about Winry being in, in Briggs, I just remember when Kimberly came back with Winry, and I was like, no, but yes, yeah. but no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. so horrifying like to see them together. Direction. I was like, yay, Winry, wait, no, Winry. No, Winry. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny how she was like, I realized I made a mistake now by coming here, and now you're being held hostage because of me or whatever mm-hmm. she took responsibility for her own mm-hmm. i really loved their plan too where they're like she's like how about we let scar kidnap me and ed's like fuck no and she's yeah. like how about we do it and yeah. like, oh, and she's okay, like fine. you got a better idea <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. nobody had a better idea it was the best mm-hmm. possible idea they could have had yeah 
And he's like, Kibble, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's like hilariously conflicted face when she's like, Well, you have a better idea, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how like like genuinely upset he is about the fact that like that's really is their their best option. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like after he does the whole like screaming at Kimberly bit and like Miles is like, That was some good acting and he's like, No, I'm genuinely this pissed. <laughs> <It's> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't acting. Yeah. I hate everything about this. Mm-hmm. It's so good though, just to get all those characters together and mm-hmm. cooperating. Love it. And... Kimberly was there being Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Was that before or after they killed Raven? That was after. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, "Well, now I'm on my own, I guess, without a chaperone." <laughs> Kimberly said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, "Damn it!" <laughs> yeah. And uh, Olivia got summoned back to uh, right. Central while they were out there. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Fuck." <laughs> What about Izumi being like, I'm an alchemist? Also a great quote. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. she's feeling sassy. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I mean, I always love her that I'm just a housewife. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stick. Also nice. It's like just a housewife passing through after she's like completely changed the uh, landscape <laughs> with alchemy <laughs> behind her. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like um, the truth's like speech the whole like i'm what humans call like the world mm-hmm. or the universe or god or all or yeah. one and i'm the, you yeah i love mm-hmm. the first one to add and when it's like like you remember the law of equivalent exchange don't you alchemist, don't you alchemist? yeah and then i love it coming back to to smack homunculus in the face <laughs> so mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was basically like the truth being like, what, you think you're better than me? Huh? You think you're better than me? I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy that. Did you find it, Kasim? No. What are you looking for? Um, it's when um, Roy and goes to look for Ed because he thinks he's like a 33-year-old alchemist or something. <laughs> yes. That whole thing, yeah. You mean like what he says to him, where he's like, "Stop wallowing" and like, uh, or whatever. It was. It was in. It's like on the drive back, Reese is like, do, "So, do you really think that he'll he'll come back?" Like, like he he looked like a I don't know, like a, a someone who had lost all hope or something. And Roy's like, "No, those eyes were." Like were, yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, fire <laughs> so, like, there. There was fire in those eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were um, cockooey. <laughs> that that one like, no, always, he looked like, like a shonen protagonist. He's going to join. Did you see his special eyes? Look, look at his special eyes. Oh, actually, I just found something. It wasn't what I was looking for, but... Uh, I like when they were like your orders and his only orders are like don't die and then later Reese's like I've been given orders not to die mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. after they cut her throat I was like this is great yeah she's not gonna die mm-hmm. are we ready for the next question oh then? yeah sure sorry I was distracted <laughs> looking for the p- potential answer to your question but that's fine <laughs> oh, yeah. oh so you're okay so what's your question so mine inspired by that was um, what have been your favorite visual elements of the story um I think we kind of talked about this a bit, but I have another mm-hmm. thing that I thought about. Yeah. I really like the reverse transmutation circle. Like, the way that it comes together and, like, the way that they, like, the way they kind of, like, found it. But then as a visual, it's, like, 
it within the human transmutation circle kind of like takes it and adapts it that's mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. thing that i kind of liked yeah i was like whoa whoa when they revealed it the first time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um something i mean uh, Kayla was talking about some of the continuity and stuff with it, but one of the things that I really liked with the small details of like when a transmutation occurred, there was always that transmutation markings, mm-hmm. like the light um, or like the pixely no, like texture. The, yeah, the yeah. texture. I really liked that. And so, um, especially with Kayla, help and pointed it out all the time. <laughs> it's something that I, I definitely grew to appreciate um, that I missed my first few times around. I liked it most on Pride's face when it was falling apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good like simple clear like visual shorthand yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and consistent very mm-hmm. consistent yeah so you can be like ah alchemy happened here <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. i see mm-hmm. speaking of pride one thing i forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about all the shadows was that i really loved when uh pride took over al's armor mm-hmm. and the oh, shadows yeah, were yeah, like yeah. leaking out yeah with the that like multiple so eyes good. and the eyes yeah the eyes and the armor mm-hmm. yeah that was creepy and i liked that well, that was another just the the white eyes in general like in the shadows mm-hmm. uh oh those are all so good every time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah also really generally liked um just like how expressive archon managed to make mm-hmm. al all mm-hmm. the time yeah that's true it's impressive yeah, yeah both mm-hmm. with, like shadows and lighting you know just like the posing and everything it's just really yeah like like, that was a very emotional suit of armor. <laughs> His face really, it, like, never changes, but it always looks different. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah. 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 It's impressive. I also liked, I mean, this is just part of the, the humor. Um, was, you. like, like some of the humorous uh, parts of, of the show, like the wavy arms. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorites is, is, what was it, Winry chasing Ed with a <laughs> wrench about to, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and on the, like, the beach scene with the, like, like where it's like depicted like a romantic chase. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, oh, tee come and catch me. <laughs> yeah. One thing that's like a running gag, I did really appreciate Ed's sense of style that's yeah. reflected. Oh. <laughs> like my favorite time was the car where they're like mm-hmm. he transmutes like, the car. It back. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're like, couldn't you have done something more subtle? And he's like, why? And they're like, how about you change it back? And he's like, why? Like, <laughs> and the like the balcony where he fixed the mm-hmm. or no, it was the baby carriage. I think was my second favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I did, and I also enjoyed the part where he's like, I'm Edward Elric, the famous alchemist, yeah. running around yeah. the town. <laughs> it was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. The one time I was like, it's so tacky. Like who built this? <laughs> like, yes, yes. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I just love how that like that's a consistent thing, even when it's not like called out in the dialogue, like as early mm-hmm. as like the first uh, chapters, like when he makes that door to escape, it's got like mm-hmm. a skull handle and stuff. <laughs> and they're always making hands to punch people. Like mm-hmm. it could just mm-hmm. be a column, but it's almost always like a stone hand. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, one kind of horrifying. Well, there's like Envy's horrifying uh, soul goo. Mm-hmm. Not gonna say that I liked it, but I enjoyed it as an effect. Yeah, it's it's definitely very like visceral mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's disgusting <laughs> so goopy and also like the horrifying like when father cornello's like gun like backfires mm-hmm. it backfires into his hand oh yeah, yeah 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 there's a lot of like really gross like imagery that is great like mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. it because it's really visceral i would yes. say mm-hmm. like gluttony being like chopped in half at one yeah. point, I forget exactly mm-hmm. what happened, but 
could see right through. Yeah. And Lanfon's arm off the dog. <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's, like, there dripping. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the eyes and hands of the human transmutations, those were always very... Mm-hmm. You mean like Ominous. the human human transmutation attempt? Yeah, yeah, like the shadow hands the shadow. that pulls you into the gate. Oh, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah they're mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah, just prides everything, all prides shadows mm-hmm. and eye, multiple eyes and teeth. Yeah. yeah, especially when you got like the sharp teeth after the sharp teeth was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're like three yeah, dimensional. Panel where where he uh, is about to eat Kimberly, that like full page panel with <laughs> oh, the like yeah, shadow yeah, looming yeah. over him. So yeah, horrifying. Mm-hmm. Any more? Shall we move to the next question? Yeah. I, keep, I, I, I just keep thinking of like specific like, yeah, panels I mean, from like all that moment. Yeah. Really cool and like, stuff. But, yeah. There's like, yeah, like there's a bunch from like the fight scenes where they like will, they'll be like really stark shadow. Like I'm thinking of like the ones with Bradley mm-hmm. at toward the end. Yeah. It's just, uh, it all comes think... down to like, I just love the, the crest style. <laughs> Argo's style is Argo's. very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but just Hohenheim being obscured, not only just like the, the picture, because uh, he was crying, but also the fact that he looks and, like father. Mm-hmm. It's so, memories, like, too. He's always from behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's why that works. That reveal works so well, because like he's hidden for a while and then like you see father and you're like, ah, this is why his face was hidden to you know, <laughs> hide the fact that he looked like father. And like mm-hmm. obscure that they were two different people for a while and stuff, and mm-hmm. but then you get that full backstory and you're like, oh no, that wasn't that wasn't the only <laughs> it wasn't reason it was all. obscured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about some of the gross stuff, but I think what like <laughs> lust when like she was coming apart, oh, yeah. and saw like the, mm-hmm. the muscle and tissue. Oh yeah, he ripped the the philosopher's stone out. And she he was tried to. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like going around, around, around his hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Do we just do that at the same time? That's really funny. <laughs> I mean, also just like the imagery of like the scar on Reese's back. It's like you know what mm. happened as soon as you get to that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's painful. Just the yeah. thought of it is painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've already seen like other characters with burn scars, including uh, Roy himself after he yes. uh, cauterized his wounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Dr. Marco, his whole oh, face. His face mm-hmm. so fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't really talk about Dr. Marco that much, but he has a good arc, too. Yeah. Yeah, he became not a coward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically. Mm-hmm. He's like the the cowardly lion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he and Scar became friends, kind of. Yeah, they mm-hmm. certainly became <laughs> accomplices mm-hmm. in the same task. And he was like, and I want to go work in Ishval, so he's like... I feel like his arc isn't done at the end of the story. I think that's kind of why it's like hard to mm-hmm. talk yeah. about. Like he's kind of you know. yeah. He spends a long time like avoiding move, trying to move forward, but mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like by the time of like the the fight with Envy, like onward, he's a, mm-hmm. starting to kind of you know take charge of himself. And... He got really beat up in that fight too. Wasn't that yeah. when he got his teeth knocked out and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's when like. Like, Scar looks at him and is like, we did it, Marco. Like, mm-hmm. That was a good quote, too. Yeah. I made that mm-hmm. the name of the episode, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Mm, uh, next top topic? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> the next topic is the about us but FMA-related questions. Mm-hmm. So this first question also comes from Olivia, as who sent us a message through our site. And 
um she, she pointed out in this comment that we didn't <laughs> call scar well built we didn't talk about how well built scar is once <laughs> oh my goodness in like what whatever the last episode yeah. so i actually yeah. immediately thought of that when i was reading that <laughs> that page when i was like doing the notes but like it didn't it didn't fit into my actual notes and then i forgot to make a joke about it later on mm. but i was just like yep he's still well built he's still well built <laughs> he wakes up grumpy and well built yeah in in olivia's <laughs> mansion <laughs> but her, her actual question is any headcanons you have except for the ones that i've already mentioned in previous episodes I'm trying to remember what episode. I can't. It's like Olivia is just hanging out with like two well builtish fallen males in her mansion <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Olivia and Miles and Scar. <laughs> Obviously, have a lot of pet cannons about Olivia and her subordinates, <laughs> as we discussed mm-hmm. yes. previously. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that. Well, that's actually what my I think I think my top answer for this. Um, came, well, it first actually started out with what would I like? What do I feel like we missed out on? Like. And I thought, with Olivier gone, what actually happened down in Briggs? Mm. Like, I'd be interested to see that. And I, my headcanon is that uh, with the people that came in Central, they're all in the concrete, too. They all try to imitate <laughs> Olivier. It's like, how did she do that so well? <laughs> like... <laughs> they might be, for all we know. That's mm-hmm. true. Well, we do see the one, like, leader guy they sent, like, uh, over at the Eastern training. Like... Mm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The guy, the guy with prominently dark hair or whatever. Yeah. Or some like different guy. Chatting with um, Grumman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About like, oh yes, your troops look so well trained. Oh yes, yours too. And then Miles and Grumman go off to whisper about their plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he that's survived at least that long. Although I think <laughs> they abandoned him there, though, probably because yeah, that's when they all didn't... went to Central. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> He probably disappeared while they were, you know, doing the search for the fear and be like, oh, oh no, I wonder what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so many people have <laughs> gone missing suspiciously. <laughs> also, we know that Izumi, Izumi broke in while Olivier was gone. Just, yeah. you know, <laughs> just a reminder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> To yeah, tell yeah. them about the promised day. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that did, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I love when mm-hmm. they like. When Miles and Buccaneer are going to talk to her, and they're like, "She's gonna kill us when she gets back." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that they sent help to Olivier, and she was like, "My stupid subordinates," or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what she really meant was, "I love you." Yeah, that's not a headcanon. <laughs> that's reality. I think. <laughs> um, headcanons. I saw a joke about this once, and I totally agree with it. That um, Ed is going to basically become the new Hughes with regard to his uh, wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my beautiful children, my beautiful wife. They're, so They're like, shut up, Full Metal. <laughs> Although he's probably not in the military anymore because he's not an alchemist anymore. Yeah, he but... just drops in just to show off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> his amazing family. <laughs> and Roy still calls him Full Metal even though he's not an alchemist yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. He's That's only half metal. True. Now. <laughs> He's like a quarter metal, it's just yeah. his leg, right? <laughs> um, the the uh, you can tell that that's true from the photo because of the way that he's like smiling, yeah. holding the kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, I made this. <laughs> yeah, look, without alchemy or anything. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> humans are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, uh, Arakawa. I think had two kids during the writing of 
Well, which my, which is blows fucking my impressive. Mind. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. Yeah. But after the birth of one of them, she drew a little comic that has her little cow avatar doing a transmutation with a baby, and it was like human transmutation <laughs> successful. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> oh, yeah, we had we talked about the headcanon that the Briggs troops all carry glows for Olivier. Very mm-hmm. important. <laughs> mm, yeah. I feel yeah. like didn't I headcanon that like Risa carries glows for Roy? I can't remember. It's definitely headcanon, though. Mm-hmm. Mine. Mm-hmm. I think Salem Bradley's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a mm-hmm. headcanon? I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, He has a good influence now. And, not, uh, and yes. no more bad influences. <laughs> <laughs> and no more motivation to be bad. Yeah. Because they're all gone. Mm-hmm. I have, like... The birdie. I, <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like I have headcanon about their, like, family relationship because it's not really explored, but, like, Bradley and... Salem, uh, whatever, um, Wrath and Salem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fear Bradley and Salem talk about it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, they, I feel like they have, like, meals, you know, together, and they're like, oh, how was your day, or whatever, and they're like, then they, like, tuck Salem in, and they read him bedtime stories and shit, <laughs> like, I feel like they have, like, a really normal family life. Yeah. That's my take, and headcanon, yeah. that I think mm-hmm. we ever talked about. I feel like Pride is, like, secretly like, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I want you to read this story again. Mm-hmm. And he's not, like, yeah. using Everyone... his zoopy shadows all over the place. Yeah. Everyone likes to be taken care of. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I bet Mrs. Bradley's a nice mom. Mm-hmm. She uh, she almost sacrificed her life for him, so yeah, yeah. she's probably, probably a nice mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't really think of a whole lot. Not that we haven't already discussed. Yeah. <laughs> and all the ones we already discussed also all only involve relationships with people that aren't directly in the text right yeah <laughs> chip head cannons are the best head cannons literally the mm-hmm. only kind that matters right mm-hmm. okay do you want to ask uh cosm you want to ask the next question yeah i don't even remember asking this but i love it <laughs> oh i didn't make it up so you, you wrote it <laughs> if you joined the Amestrian military who's subordinate would you want to be i under? definitely want to be olivier's subordinate i already know my answer to this mm-hmm. question because mm-hmm. i want to be like her yeah. <laughs> I feel like she'd be more demanding, but also less life-threatening than being Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Royce, like, I expect you to do your best. Don't fail me and don't die. And you'd be like, yes, like, wait, don't die. Some... Is that a risk? <laughs> yeah, really. And, but he wouldn't provide you with any, like, support. You would just be expected mm-hmm. to do whatever. I feel like with Olivier, you could, like... I'm always like the favorite person in the class, right? I feel like you could you could work your way up to being one of Olivier's favorites if you give her enough gloves to replace her soiled ones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And my ultimate goal would to be to become like her Miles, you yeah. know, or her Buccaneer. I mm-hmm. want to be in her like squad. Right? That's how they both work their way up. It's just by having enough gloves. <laughs> <laughs> they got a secret sweatshop in one of the basement <laughs> floors. That's why they give her the gloves. Like that's why. Um, that's why they give all their soldiers the gloves. It's all like a. It's a whole thing like about who's going to be at the top of the ranks. Mm-hmm. You get one free pair, but you have to figure out how to impress Olivier beyond that. <laughs> you know? Anyway, whatever. I definitely want to be Olivier's subordinate. Fuck mm-hmm. Roy. I mean, what? <laughs> um, well, I would want to be Alex's subordinate, Okay, I think. He I had feel two like... subordinates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like if I was under him, I would have some random mission to go out, <laughs> like, someplace, like, go ice skating or something, and it turns out that, like, it, there was just a bomb threat. He just forgot to tell me that very <laughs> crucial aspect of it. He'll send you and notes like... on his like personal, um, his personal stationery <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but I just feel like it would. With the little I'd never know what was going on, but it would <laughs> yeah. always be a blast. If you spend long a long enough time with him, you would also learn to sparkle. Mm-hmm. That's what we mm-hmm. learned from the flower lady, right? Mm-hmm. The flower like, lady also sparkled. You might accidentally want, find out the horrible truth about uh, the philosopher's stone <laughs> while <laughs> guarding a child. <laughs> and yeah, child and his suit of armor, brother. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might end up in Sheen. We might have to fake your death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know. But all, all part of the adventure, which I think is what you're alluding to. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, Kayla. Oh, you're like, I don't want to hear about anything else after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of this fucking country. <laughs> I didn't do any crimes. I want everyone to know. <laughs> I just got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I love that moment in like the prison break where she has that like emotional word. She's like, oh, why do I have to do this? And she's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> It was really disturbing to me when they were like, she's like, but I haven't even had trial yet or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, they already announced that you were sentenced. So yeah, and I was like, yeah, they did already do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good moment for Barry to bury the chopper. Oh, we haven't even talked yeah. about Barry the chopper. Oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. He was so important and strange. <laughs> yeah. I heard that hesitation. <laughs> like it... what? He was so. <laughs> that yeah, I you were going to say something else. So... I don't know what. He was, great. I think I was like going to say great, and then I like re- backpedaled. Like, well, he's <laughs> yeah. still a serial killer, so yeah. he was. He was so Barry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's kind of like Kimberly. Like, he's not. He's what he is. What he is, right? Like, yeah. They're they're interesting slash funny in their own way. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm kind of sad. Barry the Shepherd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I really enjoy all the characters who are like introduced, like really sketchily or antagonistically <laughs> or whatever and you're mm-hmm. like oh man i hate this guy and then like like they keep coming back and you're like you wind up really liking them by the end like yoki mm-hmm, and barry mm-hmm. and i like the point and- <laughs> the part where uh reza's like i found something weird or whatever. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he just like instantly falls in love with reza because she shoots him mm-hmm. <laughs> his com- highest compliment is like oh i'd like to chop you up you yeah. know <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, what? Doesn't everybody feel like that? Yeah. <laughs> I love when they ask him to describe, um, like, lust and envy. <laughs> it's, like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, lust seems like she'd be fun to chop up, but envy's kind of scrawny. Roy's just, like, face popping, like, no, never mind. <laughs> I remember we had a discussion about choppable being an adjective to yeah. describe someone that you found attractive, mm-hmm. for example. <laughs> Very choppable. <laughs> what was the question? Uh <laughs> Oh, next question. Would you like to ask the next question? Sure. Since we're off topic. Mm-hmm. It's this one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're so off topic. I don't know if she'll remember what the question was. <laughs> she highlighted it in the Google Doc. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, another one from Olivia S. I keep wanting to say Olivier. Yeah, read, Olivier. When I, when I read her name. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you could spend a day with Arakara, what would you want to talk about? Slash questions you'd want answered about FMA. I don't know. I think Arakara would just be cool. I wouldn't know what to say. Yeah, it's like I feel like I'd just be like, hey. Like, spend the entire time, like, working up the nerve to be like, I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd be a good fit, but I'd love to see Ellen and Arakara just, like, talk about esoteric, esoteric bullshit, bullshit yeah. and make fun of it. 
Yeah. I was like, just about to say I really yeah. want to talk to her about esoteric bullshit. Yeah. I just could see you both like laughing, like, can you believe I talked about you know the tree of life like this? Yeah. And like what the fuck was I talking about? I can't believe that you like had to like open the portal in the earth and then like this this pick the portal from the sun. I was like, whoa, this is some freaky shit, but it's amazing. <laughs> she seems like she has like a wide array of like weird knowledge and would be fun to talk about even about. I think it would be really easy to make small talk with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't have any questions about fma just for the record because i think like everything is like i think everything yeah, is there's... wrapped up at the end mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty perfectly I, satisfied I with it i feel like if i wanted to know it would be like little details like some characters names that don't have like first names mm. like i remember there's like an what author's the fuck note is scar's name yeah, there's an author's What's note where she name? said she picked scar's name but she wasn't sure <gasps> if it was going to be like actually co- like the original sure of the series or not so like mm-hmm. it's like what's scar's name like what's miles and buccaneers first names because they just yeah. have like ranks and last names <laughs> what's the scary doctor's name the yeah. gold tooth doctor mm-hmm. also purely for fanfic purposes i like to know more ishvalan character names so like i know like mm-hmm. the naming theme to like use mm-hmm. you know like what yeah. they're based on <laughs> yeah, yeah a good point because all you have really is uh scar scar which isn't a name i mean not scar uh, yeah, i was gonna say miles yeah, but, but that he's like that. Yeah, yeah, could be, could like be his, his last, last name, name, right? And he's only yeah. a quarter Ishvalan, so it would be could right. easily be from a different In culture. Name. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like Lo Glau, the uh, the high cleric right. or whatever, right? And then you had Mister Sean. I think they're the only named, like first named Ishvalans. I think like the little mm-hmm. girl had a name. I forget. And they gave a couple people's names mm-hmm. when they were like, "Oh, so and so's leaving" or whatever. Like in the flashbacks, yeah, I think. They think but they... Most of the major characters from Ishval don't have names, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Even, like, Scar's brother doesn't have a name. He just calls him brother. Yeah. Right? And, like, the Scar's master doesn't have a name. He just calls him master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems, I, I mean, question. it seems like culturally titles are fairly important. Mm-hmm. And, like, they talk about, like, the given names being, like, sacred. So it's kind of understandable that, like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't come up that much in casual conversation. Mm-hmm. With, like, yeah. you know, in the circumstances we see them. But... Yeah, just like, like for writing purposes, I would enjoy having more names to kind of get a pattern from. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Good call. Very mm-hmm. important information to have. Yeah. Yeah, Any I names? definitely think. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. You just be like, "What the fuck is with Kimberly? Like, what were you thinking?" <laughs> <What's this deal? laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I really don't think I would ask her questions about FMA. I think I would just. Mm-hmm. I do think I think our probably be. <laughs> she'd be cool to hang out with. Yeah, I think she'd be funny. Mm-hmm. I think that she'd be interesting. I think you're right that she knows a lot of random shit. So I think like she'd probably have good small talk. Yeah, questions yeah. to make. Her sense of humor is like really aligned to my own too. So like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't seem like she takes herself super seriously too, which mm-hmm. I think would make her easy to talk to. She makes a lot of jokes about her own serious stuff and like parodies them yeah which I, think I really, really appreciate how often funny. you like finish reading a dramatic volume and then like all the ag- ag comics <laughs> are like making fun of some of the serious stuff that happened yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i like that yeah do you want to talk about how much we love arakawa or <laughs> 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 oh i guess i need to ask the next question sure sure unless unless you have something else to say because mostly kayla and i were just like i don't love arakawa <laughs> yeah no i mean i i agree i think <laughs> I think I might talk about Full Metal because I have no idea what else to talk about. But Cows. Just, yeah. Esoteric bullshit. Let her talk. I'm sure it'd be interesting. Yeah, the dairy yeah. industry. <laughs> Tell me about cows. I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Um, the next question is, so anonymous uh, user asked this on Tumblr. 
and provided some specifics, but was wondering if we could, if we were going to do a podcast about brotherhood. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think we will. We even talked about it, but I don't know if we will. Yeah. I mean, you've done one for the full of the first basket manga and then the anime. Full metal basket. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe as like a special episode or something like. Could do. All at once rather than, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd want to do an episode by episode thing because they're very similar. Yeah. Their suggestion yeah. is to do it by season. Which mm-hmm. could also work. Fair suggestion. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. we could do that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good talk guys yeah. good good planning well no i guess i guess we've already seen it because i was like oh we could all like maybe watch it together and like record our reactions and stuff but um we all know what's gonna happen i feel like yeah it wouldn't be <laughs> as interesting if we had done that in the, at the very beginning maybe we could talk about how envy but... is a horse instead of a yeah. or a dog <laughs> instead of a horse <laughs> the biggest mm-hmm. the biggest and most important change well like we even that one episode we watched where may went to use well and they didn't know her it was like so bizarre mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it was really funny yeah 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 <laughs> we i i don't we've definitely mentioned this on our podcast but we were guests on a, a brotherhood podcast i can't why full metal analyst yeah full metal analyst thank you i've definitely f- had a brain fart and felt really bad about it but um the episode that we watched was the promise day so it's mm-hmm. like when they're all getting ready for the promise day and they still had the part with like use well but like they were just random people Mm-hmm. basically like yeah. they didn't have any backstory with me so yeah because it's um well, they cut the um the original use well like chapters and like they just did like mm-hmm. yoki as a flashback like later on when he was introduced again which is, <laughs> which is funny i enjoyed that yeah it's great that way of doing it um, but they also wound up like cutting uh may coming through you as well i guess because they're like oh people will be like where is this but yeah then it you know it comes back up when she travels back through so it comes off a little weird mm-hmm. yeah yeah. That, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we could do that. We can mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. I won't make any concrete promises, but we could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be a good time. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate their specifying, like, like talking about the like openings and stuff because those are good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They seem to be good, didn't they? Yeah. Someone asked this in our mid-series special. I remember we an- you guys answered this question, mm-hmm. and my only uh, contribution was like "Ready, Steady, Go" or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the original anime. <laughs> okay Ready, well good go. i'm glad still we agreed hard. <laughs> it's so good i mean i still listen to the asian kung fu generation album with rewrite on it all the mm-hmm. time because it's great yeah. the whole album is great but rewrite is also rewrite is very good yeah i occasionally look for it on vinyl because mm-hmm. i want it in my heart but it's so rare that it's like hundreds of dollars it's like four hundred dollars and i'm nice. like i can't i can't do this <laughs> i was like i want to but i can't Actually, the interesting thing, this is really totally random. Probably nobody cares, but... You're like, in my heart, it's worth it, but not in my wallet. Not in my wallet, for sure. <laughs> I feel like the most I'm willing to pay for a record is probably like $100, and that would it would have to be really special. But anyway, mm-hmm. the interesting thing is also Asian Kung Fu Generation basically like re-recorded that whole album later. Mm-hmm. So there's like a new version of Rewrite. There's a new version of the whole album, which is also, I think, just as good. But there's a vinyl album of that, and I just saw one listed for like seven hundred dollars. And I was like, "There's no way I'm paying for that. Fuck that." Anyway, good times, guys. This is a little random look into my life, but <laughs> I really want to see nerd. them live someday. Nerd, J-pop nerd. Anyway, it's a really good album, though. I recommend it. It's called Sofa or Solfa, I guess. If you need to know how to spell it, ow. <laughs> uh, okay, Cosm, your last question. Last question. You're up. 
So ISs, we're all friends. <laughs> oh, sorry. This is the topic of this is about us. This is moving into the oh. personal topic. Okay, awesome. Yes. We're all friends yes. who live far away. Mm -hmm. What are we looking forward to doing together next time we meet up? Oh, same thing my... we do every night. Thank you. <laughs> um, just talk about FMA? Yeah. More? <laughs> well, y'all are going to Disney somewhat yeah, soon. Yeah, we'll see each other in person. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm not going. Well, fuck you. So I don't like you enough. <laughs> I think when we meet up, we should all hug dramatically and fall to the ground while a dog barks around us. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I was going to say hug for sure. <laughs> Um, I mean, we'll, Caleb will be in, in Florida. Maybe we should not touch each other. That might be a good idea. <laughs> we I shouldn't say that on the podcast. We, we hug first before we uh, get contaminated yeah. by Florida. <laughs> yeah, by Florida. <laughs> we can fist bump for the rest, or like elbow each other for the rest of the trip. Yeah. Um, so I bought, uh, I bought a car at the beginning of the, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, mm -hmm. hitting around here. Um, because my old car got totaled at a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. yeah, it was like right, it was like the end, March, right? And then yeah. everything kind of went shit crazy, yeah. shit crazy, like right after that. Yeah, I bought my car and I worked, I drove it to work for two days and then our job shut down for a couple months. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, which means I did not fill my gas tank, like, until I started back at work. Like, <laughs> I was, I got like three months to the gallon. <laughs> Wow. It's wow. um, good mileage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, when I, you know, signed everything and bought it, the uh, guy at the dealership was like, normally we'd shake hands, but I don't know if we should now. And he's like, fist bump? And I was like, sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> so me and the car dealership guy fist bumped to celebrate yeah. buying my car. <laughs> Whenever yes. I leave, like, a social interaction now, it's just like, okay, let's, like, awkward wave away. Like, you know, <laughs> even with people that you've known for a long time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Any other things that you want to do together? before we ramble on forever play mario kart yeah <laughs> we can play mario kart remotely though because yeah it's more fun when you're now. in the rooms yelling at each other though yeah throwing your <laughs> controllers at each other yeah sorry for what i said during mario kart. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm perpetually sorry for what i did during mario kart is there like confession for that <laughs> it's like forgive me father for i have sinned i got sinned. really really mad at mario, mad at mario kart, kart again <laughs> Say three Hail Marys. <laughs> anyway, I get so mad at video games. <laughs> I know you have a rage deep inside you that only comes out during video games. Anyway, great segue to our next um, project, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think we said we could talk about it a little bit because we haven't really talked about it before. Uh, but we said we were going to do a Zelda like podcast or Zelda thing later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at this point, We've decided that we'll, so like basically what happened is we were planning this podcast and I was like making a schedule and I was like, I don't know how we're going to play all these games that are different lengths and then release this a podcast in like a standard schedule. Like that doesn't make sense. One, like Breath of the Wild is like hundreds of play hours, but like Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda is like 10 play hours. So like, how do you make a schedule mm -hmm. for that? Question mark. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do in the end is that we'll be streaming Yes, we will. And I think we'll have a, a podcast also, but it will just come out irregularly. Yeah, that's the plan. Be like yeah. a, like at the conclusion of the streams, we'll do like a, mm -hmm. a, a wrap-up podcast kind of situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where we have so that's more our... organized thoughts instead of just our rambling while we play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is our current plan. But then um, because like I moved and also it's busy and stuff, we didn't we haven't done any planning. So mm -hmm. just to be clear, literally no planning other than that has been done. We've just discussed like conceptually mm -hmm. what we would do. Mm -hmm. 
So at some point we'll come out with streaming. We had a Twitch channel for Let's Stay Together, so maybe I'll just like convert that or whatever. But <laughs> um, but yeah, we can set all that up. So yeah, that we'll announce in all our things. You can follow our Twitter and our Tumblr, and um, maybe I'll just like publish a little like extra episode in our in our thing that's like an announcement. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the thing that's going to happen. We just don't have good plans yet. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say. Yeah. Everybody's like, thing. I'm sad. <laughs> it's another thing we all love and have varied experiences yeah. with, so it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I do love Zelda, especially mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that it has... The reason I specifically suggested that, because we were talking about, like, what are we going to do next? What are we going to read next? We had brainstorming and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I specifically thought that Zelda would be interesting because it has a very interesting, like, mythology and a story that's, mm-hmm. like, slightly different in different games. And sometimes it's related and sometimes it's not. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to talk yeah. about. We can do our own breakdown of the Zelda timeline. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, really. I have one other thing that I want to talk about, but is there anything else that we want to talk about before I talk about that thing? <laughs> Mysterious. I don't think <laughs> so. It's not that mysterious. You know what it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I wanted to say is a as a reminder for people. First of all, if you haven't read Fruits Basket, you should read it. And mm-hmm. you should listen to our other podcast, which is called Let's Stay Together. Um, that can tide you over until until Zelda comes. So we start streaming or whatever mm-hmm. we do um, next. And then um, for people who listen to Let's Stay Together, at the in the last episode, we announced that we we're going to be reading Fruits Basket Another, which was a, a request from a lot of our listeners, I think. So mm-hmm. Kayla and I are going to be reading it, and we have a guest um, joining us for that episode. It's not Cosm. Don't get excited. <laughs> Although you can come if you want, but you'd have to read all of Fruits Basket and Another. I it's going to be funny if you that. just only read... I'd be like, who are these yeah. people? Like, <laughs> that actually might be an Why interesting are you guys laughing? <laughs> That's true. It would be interesting to see if it stands as its own comic because mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it would. Anyway, you yeah. can join us if you want, awesome, but we have another guest. Um, I guess I can make that announcement later, closer to the date. But the point is, we're recording September 30th. I'll make announcements on our blogs. But if you'd like to send questions about Fruits Basket and other, you can send us questions and we'll answer them. I just wanted to say because I know there's people who listen to this uh, podcast and listen to Let's Stay Together. So. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I wanted to say. Any other things we want to say about FMA? Are we going to pause for a long time and say that it's good again? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just want to say uh, thanks uh, both to you two and our listeners for uh, Mm -hmm. sticking through this. I I love this series. I really enjoyed, you know, sharing that and going through it again. I really enjoyed, even though it was painful sometimes, I really liked doing the recaps and, like, just, like, getting (laughs) Mm -hmm. deep into... Yeah, they were really good. Thank you. You put a lot of work oh, and, into And those. also, I noticed you improved a lot from the first one to mm-hmm. the last one, I think. Like, I think you you um, yeah, I kind of figured did a good out job. A, a method yeah, to my madness yeah. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to get done. But yeah, I think it made me, like, appreciate it even more. Like, kind of, like, transi- transitioning it into a, you know, like, verbal story mm-hmm. like that. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like you really notice every single thing yeah. when you have to write about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like with the uh, fur brother, it'd be like, I'd be like, how did exactly did this thing happen? Or like who punched who or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of details that I noticed or like really like took note of, even if I kind of mm-hmm. noticed them before for like the first time on this read through and like, it really gave me like appreciation, even more appreciation for the visuals, because I'd be like mm-hmm. staring at these panels to try and figure out how best to describe them in words and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, 
thanks for writing all of them and leading us through it. <laughs> I enjoyed listening to it. I enjoyed reading it and then listening to you read it and then talk about it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. And thank you all for listening and for sending us all your questions and sending us messages. I always appreciating it. Slash appreciate it mm-hmm. still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we won't stop appreciating it. <laughs> no. It warms my heart every day knowing that uh mm-hmm. Like especially the people who listen to the other podcasts and kind of came along with us for the for the journey this time too. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Cosm joined us, which was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun to yeah. have three yeah. instead of just two. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kayla and I, I think it. a lot alike about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even if there's like slightly different perspectives, but I, I feel like uh with the three of us there was more different things to talk about and different perspectives. So that was yeah, nice. Yeah, good conversations, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got to tease you a lot, which was always great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always fun just having a you know weekly reason to chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad everybody joined us. Yeah. You want to you want to sign us off for the final time, Caleb? All right. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time, whenever that is. (laughs) We'll see you around our friends of the soul. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.